This is the Criterion Creeps Podcast. I'm Jared Duncan. RJ Baylog. And we're just two guys who have no other choice now but to creep our way through the Criterion Collection one spine number at a time in order of release. This week, we are slapping everyone mm-hmm. as we watch spine 270, 271 of the Criterion Collection. Jacques Becker's Casque d'Or from 1952 and Touche Pas au Grisby from 1954. But first, RJ. Yeah. How's your day going? I mean, it's a lot better now that you're here. Oh, thanks, buddy. Uh, no, I, I. It sounds like you had some French in in uh, your days, some high quality French in you said you oh, had over there. Oh yeah, you, thank you so much. Would you uh, do uh, French uh, grade six, grade seven, grade eight, no. or so? Or? Oh, as soon as I didn't have to take French, I didn't. So, so, so just grade uh, six French. Yeah. Nice. And that was my. That was my. Well, I, it was like, well, all through elementary, right? Like, was it three, four, no, five, six, or four, I think five, it's six? Four, five, six. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> Four, five, six, and then it becomes optional. Right. Do you remember the French immersion kids, though? Those weirdos? We don't talk about them. Well, some of them grow up to be named Justin. Very strange. <sighs> Justin Peterson's going to think that's about him, but it's not. But it's not. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm doing fine. Our province was like, hey, what if we stopped counting COVID numbers? Can we open up? So they did. Uh, and then uh, they had um, our premier uh, put uh, our province on uh, the global scale as one of the most embarrassing ever for uh, bad decisions. So uh, that's good, too. You mean like buying a bum pipeline? Yeah. Yeah. But <laughs> hey, hey, uh, Premier Kenny says he's going to uh, pursue every legal action that he can. So, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm even, sure it's going to go even well. Even if there's none. Even if there's none. Yeah. Oh, he will pursue it. Yeah, he learned from the best in that one, I think. <laughs> no. uh, so that was interesting. Lots of news going on. Um, <clears throat> what else happened? There's, there's, there, well, there's a new president. Oh, remember, yeah, like, and, uh, remember what? Remember recording like some episode of our podcast four years ago, and it's uh, like I think so. Yeah, definitely. Because that's how long our podcast has been around. We've we've lasted longer than a president now. Yeah, but some people might say that we we started just before that kind of happened, and maybe now's the time to end. Maybe our maybe our podcast is a, a one term thing as well. Do you know what I mean? Maybe. I'm just saying. I mean, I'm I'm not saying, but I'm I mean, I'm just saying. Okay. You know. Uh, what have you been doing this week? Yeah, did you get some hot sauce from Taco Time or what? <sighs> what did what have, what have I been doing this week? Pretty yeah. much answers it all. The pretty well, man. That, that's it. Oh, I mean, we'll talk about what I've been doing, what I've been creeping on. Oh, yeah, you've been doing some stuff, some stuff. Do you, uh, since uh, before we get to the creep, and you play any video games? Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, I did. Okay. Yeah, I mean, you can save it for creeping. As well, well I'm, just, you... I'm blinking out completely on like what did, what, what was played? What was played? Dragon's Horn Crown. Simulator? You know that Dragon's Crown. This isn't retro. Or anything like that, but Dragon's Crown is this a new? Uh, I mean, it's, I think it's like eight, ten years old. <laughs> like it's, it's not new, new, but for which uh, platform? PlayStation Three. I don't fuck with that PS Three. It is a beat 'em up. Oh okay. It's, yeah, you uh, it's pretty. It's uh, it kind of. I guess nowadays, I'm not sure how well known it is. It's Atlas. It's from mm-hmm. the people who did uh, Odin Sphere. Oh yeah. 
But Zis- I know Atlas. Yeah, but this you have to look up the uh, the character designs of the women on this game. I mean, the men are also hyper sexualized. One could argue, but the 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 female characters, RJ, are, are uh, something to behold. Tell me more about how sexualized the men are. There are so many abs. Like they have abs on their arms. Where where else do they have abs? On their abs. Abs on abs? Yeah, ab on abs. Abs on abs on abs. That's kind of cool. So you're playing it cuz uh it's a horny game? No, cuz it's like a it's like D&D, but a, a beat 'em up. Okay. Yeah, I've I've encountered games like that before. Atlas does uh lots of similar things, no? Well, they usually do more like the RPG things. Yeah. That become very sought after. Because they go to print, people love them. They just collect Atlas games. I have a few. What do I have? Uh, I have some of those Shin Megamis. Mm-hmm. You know that Shin Megami? Oh yeah, I know. I, about, got... I know all about that. All about that Shin Megami. I don't have Persona. I, actually, I might have one Persona. What else we got here? I have some of the older Atlas stuff. At the fuck, Ryan Nagel's probably screaming right now because he. I think he knows which ones I have. I have a couple of those like uh, sought after boys. I just can't remember what they are. We're we're, you know? we're on the ball tonight, baby. Hey, we're rolling on all steam, all steam, and no. Uh, mm-hmm. But what? I don't know. So I'm pretty. I, so I, I'm I'm trying to do the the mathematics here on what what we recorded the week of the 2016 election, okay. um, and it was RoboCop. No shit. Which, which I think it, it was either Summertime or Robocop. I think Robocop was more fitting. And I think we, yeah. so Summertime was like, oh, there's an election tomorrow. And then Robocop was the week after. I'm not sure about Inauguration Day, though. Summertime is similar to uh, the last four year presidency as well. Yeah. There's uh, beefsteaks. Beefsteak. Yeah. I mean, America in this sense was the ones who were being fed tortellini and wanted beef steak Mm -hmm. do you know what i mean i'm hearing you that'd be a good t-shirt for us beef steak i think people would be all on top of that i uh i'm I'm gonna look into it yeah look into it into our merch thing i'm just waiting on a slow ass new zealand mail to uh make good on something and then i can uh disclose uh more more publicly what uh what's cooking over here god damn it New Zealand. Well, I mean, I kind of fucked that up, and I chose the wrong mailing thing. But at the same time, it's kind of like, it's like I, I don't know. It's been like five months, it seems. So I don't know what's going on here. Mm. You know what I mean? And dr- he doesn't. Post inauguration, twenty sixteen. It would been looks like it would have been diabolique and uh, the wages of fear. Some goofy French bastard action. That's not bad. I watched some wages of fear, uh, like remakes this week on a tv show oh yes yes we'll uh which i can bring up eventually we'll get there we'll get there mm-hmm. so tricks are tricks are doing just well rj uh magic tricks illusions an illusion illusions jared the the illusion of happiness mm. i've gone past that a long time ago because you know nothing is real anymore for me but uh 
Yeah, I don't think I have anything to report. I haven't seen any weird shit lately. Just uh, just oh. because one acknowledges. I was just gonna say, just because one acknowledges that nothing's real doesn't mean that one can't embrace the illusion. You're, you know, it's an illusion, but you can still enjoy it. Was well, Cipher from the Matrix would so say, "Ignorance is bliss." Wow, or it's not even ignorance. It's just like going with the flow. Yeah, but that doesn't work as well to quote the Matrix if you don't use the Cipher quote. Do you see what I mean? We could do like a big dance party in that Matrix Two movie. We could. We could do that on Discord, and people could join in and comment while we're filming or recording live. Mm-hmm. Would are you be into something like that? Are you going to shave your head like Lawrence Fishburne? Mm, if the mon- if the price is right. How much would it cost for you to shave your head? Me? The, yeah. the, the, my luxurious mane? Yeah. I don't know. I'd, I'd do it if uh, Donald Trump did going to be a tough sell but i think i might mm-hmm. be able to yeah. convince them uh I, I was gonna tell you so i don't know if i ever actually mentioned this on the pod but you know how i i, I know i told you you know how I, how I always have issues with my uh you always my, have issues my can <laughs> your antique can no my my gut my garbage can outside. oh street my, can yeah like my can yeah, uh, what have, is it a bin you have you have two bins or or yeah. uh as uh creeps villains refer to the uh the one as a tarlic tub i have never heard of that but really uh, uh yeah i've never heard of that before that must, that must have been during your lost years in colorado well i know uh old bob tarlic but uh i'm not sure where he comes into play that sounds like old man lingo but anyways you know so you know the two bins so i had that problem with the recycling bin with that guy uh, and then I did tell you how, uh, so it's so windy in our city. We're, mm-hmm. we're like the windiest city in the world. But we're and, not, uh, but we say that. Yeah, we, we, well, actually we had winds yesterday that were like, what, 130 kilometers? I've never heard the wind blow as hard as it did last night. I know. I know. Like ever. I, and I, and I haven't heard if there's like any confirmation that it was the windiest place on earth yesterday or not because but i think the entire uh province was like this mm-hmm. though yeah well i the one thing i saw clocked it at like 130 uh, kilometers so i was like yeah. it's pretty fucking windy yeah so anyways we're very windy and uh one time my garbage can uh like whenever it gets really windy on garbage day all of the cans <laughs> blow down to the end of the street usually like 60 kilometer days oh yeah like yeah ha- like like less than half of what it was last night yeah, exactly. So it's it frequently happens. So every garbage day, you have to go and find your fucking can. And uh, sometimes people take the wrong cans. <clears throat> and like two, three months ago, uh, we couldn't find our can anywhere. I, I searched for like two hours. Uh, and then I found the neighbor right across the street's can. Uh, and you, I could tell because they're numbered. So I brought, I brought their can back and I was knocking on their door. And I could hear them inside acknowledge that I was there. But then they didn't come to the door. And then I even heard the guy inside go, it's not even our can. And I was like, you son of a bitch. It's like, you won't even come to the door? I was like, it is clearly your can. Uh, so anyways, uh, I left it on the sidewalk in front of our house for a week because I didn't want to just outright take it. I was like, it's your guys' can, and I think you have ours. Um, but uh, those people never uh, answered the door, so I was like, fuck it, whatever. I'll just use their can, I guess. So I was using it, and then yesterday, uh, Andrea said that someone from the city came on a big truck, and they brought our can out. And they, they saw the can we had, and they walked it across the street to those persons, uh, the other person's house that I tried to return the can to. And then they took the can they had because they took someone else's can. What the fuck? So someone from the city came and made right on the can situation. Well, because they found your can. 
they found our can and then they were doubling back because they're like, hey, they brought ours back. Then they saw that we had the person across the streets. So they took that one over and then they they whoever's can they had, I'm, I'm guessing, was returned as well. Did you uh, take to public media to toast the city workers who were I being so diligent in making sure and rectifying the situation about sweet cans? Sweet, sweet can. Yeah. Uh, I haven't yet, but I think I will. And then <laughs> roast the neighbor. The neighbors. <laughs> yeah, and I'll just say, even though I tried to return the neighbor's can months ago, and they refused to acknowledge my mm-hmm. existence. Well, I mean, this is the kind of pettiness that, like, Social media loves feeds off. Oh, I know. I know. I think I will too. And because the thing too, I know you will. Because some people are going to be like, "Well, who cares if it's can?" No, no, you're liable for that can, my friend. That can blows into a car, breaks its window. That's your fault because you left it out on the street. You're on the hook, bud. Yeah, you're on the hook. So you gotta, you gotta know about your can. They were cones. They're my cans, you know. Mm -hmm. Anyways, I thought I'd share with that to you. uh, This uh, sweet. I don't even know how to describe it, but yeah, the uh, these uh, city workers are working overtime, uh, returning lost lost goods. Some hmm. good stuff. I thought you were t- going to tell me that your your can blew away. Uh, well, it did months ago, but someone but, but, but yesterday. But it was no, it wasn't you... garbage day yesterday. Tomorrow is. Hmm. So if it's really when tomorrow, we might lose another can. Yeah. Well, usually, yeah, usually it's a lot colder here, but because of this really weird windy weather we're getting, it's keeping this, it's keeping the cold away. So what would, you, some... what would you rather have, cold that's forthcoming or hell wind? <laughs> I mean, I would I would default and say neither, but I don't think that's an option. It's not an option. No, I, 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 did I give it as an option? Well, you, I, you, didn't, you didn't say anything. Well, maybe you should write to the weather wizard. Who's that? Uh, Flash's Rogues Gallery. Oh, is it like the Wiz? It's like uh, Captain Cold. Oh yeah, I know Captain Cold. Yeah, you do. Yeah, I know Mir- Captain. Mir- Mirror Master. Mirror Master's cool. I like Mirror Master. Trickster. Trickster's okay. No, he's not bad. Yeah, Trickster's okay. Cool. I like Mirror Master. He's cool. No. So, uh, shall we launch into this email? Oh, sure directory how many do we have today five five females technically we might even have six if you count i believe that oliver granger sent us a message he did answering to me and i think any oh yes but where is it where did he send it to he sent it to me instagram Perhaps I have a picture saved. Should I just address? Yeah, because this, th- this is in reference to the runtime of the podcast, correct? Yeah. So you do the lead in, and I'll find the picture. Well, that's it. Oh, so uh, Oliver said whatever he uses for um, his podcasting it looks like Podcast Republic or something. Yeah. Whatever he uses has a uh, total tally uh, with all of our episodes. So at 249 episodes, we have done a total of 552 hours mm-hmm. and eight minutes so what is 552 hours jared in days a lot well we can do this math we have the ability uh, 552 yeah, divided, divided by, by 24 correct 23 days only 23 days 23 days of our Whole life days entire days has been i don't think wasted is even the word 
What's a more depressing word? I mean, I'd go with endured. Endured? Yeah. Suffered. That's a, um, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. It's a curse. Yeah, I hope people are happy. Justin Peterson writes oh, yeah. an email entitled Short and Sweet. Ooh. Hey, Jared and RJ. What's happening? Super busy today, so I'll make this one quick. Go to movie question of the week. What are your favorite performances from wrestlers in the movies? Uh, I'm just going to say the entire film Ready to Rumble. Okay. Yeah. That's my answer. That's your That's pick? What, he sent yeah. us a list from Den of Geek. Remember Den of Geek? I, uh, I've seen their articles pop up from time to time. It's very listy. It's a very list site. I, I, yeah, it's been a while since I've seen Den of Geek pop up. Hmm. hmm. Questions, questions, questions. Here we go. Here, here's my RJ. What? Well, you're a big wrestling guy. Uh, I, I've known to watch some wrestling here and there. What about films about wrestling? I've seen some of those too. What about Ready to Rumble? I have not seen Ready to Rumble. Fuck's your problem. Why? Like, do you do you even go here? I mean, technically, you, I mean, you could go with uh, Mad Max Fury Road because it's got uh, that Nathan Jones guy. Oh, because he was a wrestler. He's a wrestler. He, he, he like actually is one of the few guys that got a, a leg up on Vince McMahon because they did. Did he just bail completely? Yeah, on a house show. He took his free trip back and he's like, yeah, I'm good. <laughs> it's like, son of a bitch. And he just stayed. Good for him. I like that. No. I like that. Yeah, he's so, in that board. Yeah. On number one, we got They Live. Uh, I mean, I guess. I see, like, I, yeah, I, I see mean, why it's popular. R- Rowdy Roddy Piper. Yes. I mean, and then we All got, right. I mean, the next on this list is Pain and Gain. Well, are we counting The Rock? I feel like we shouldn't count The Rock. Dwayne. Well, what about I mean. Guardians of the Galaxy? Yeah, Batista's fine. Batista. Is that how they say it? Sometimes. I think Batista is fine, but I don't think The Rock should count. He's his movie stardom has far surpassed his uh, wrestling stardom. I think. Oh yeah, well, I think there's people who probably don't know that John Cena was a a wrestler. wrestler? Yeah. Yeah, even though he was like their biggest star, but the the drop off from Rock to Cena, mm-hmm. <laughs> as far as like that sort of uh, acknowledgement is. A severe one. How about Predator? Who's the wrestler on that? Jesse, Jesse Ventura, Ventura, buddy. Jesse the Body Ventura? Go- former I, governor of Minnesota. I heard he doesn't fuckhead. have time to Does he say fuckhead? Wow, he did now. Oh. Well, he, uh, I think he'd more call you a bitch. Did he say that too? Is that how he talked? <laughs> you have to know him. You got to understand him. I don't know Jesse. He would talk I about he would talk about gorilla. What? Gorilla what monsoon. A, what's a gorilla monsoon? Like a monsoon oh, filled with gorillas. You don't know gorilla monsoon? I don't know any of the stuff you're talking about. RJ, right you now. could you could cut the electricity with a knife. What? How about <laughs> how about okay, these are all a lot of rock. I'm not even going to Come yeah, on. exclude the rock for sure. The wrestler is too good for what he's asking because that's like yeah. er, er, Ernest the Cat Miller. No, that's not what people want to know. No, oof, Hulk Hogan shows up in Gremlins too. 
How about uh, how about your favorite movie, RJ, The Princess Bride? What what wrestler is in that? Are you fucking Andre? Oh, you know what I thought for a second. I thought you said, you, I know you said Princess Bride, but Princess in my Diaries. Mind, I thought Princess Diaries. I was like Anne Hathaway was in WWF. Yeah, I was yeah. like, this is news to me. She, she was a diva. Oh, I mean, yeah. I, I would have believed you. I would take the Hogan movies more. Like Santa with muscles, I think is a better entry for these. Mm, I'm not going to say Godzilla: Final Wars because Don Fry's in it because he wasn't. He's not a real wrestler. How about Man on the Moon? With Jerry the King Lawler and one could well, I mean the depiction of Andy. And, well, I mean Andy did was a wrestler too, right? But, but he's actually not in the movie. But Jerry is. Jerry is, yeah, yeah. I I think that's a good uh, good uh, candidate. Man, oh man, lots of rock, rock Hogan in Rocky Three. That's a good one too. Thunderlips. Yeah. Well, yeah, then we got Roddy Piper again and Hell Comes to Fa- uh, Frogtown. Mm-hmm. Batista and the Man with the Iron Fists. Okay, wait a second. Has Ready to Rumble not popped up on this list yet? Well, this is uh, 50, that's this, this is 50, and I'm at 26 with Randy Savage in Spider-Man. Spider-Man? That was pretty good, too. Well, Ox Baker's in Escape from New York. I forgot about that. Oh, John Cena, 12 rounds. Dear God, no. <laughs> Oh, how about uh, the Water Boy, RJ? Ooh, I do like the Water Boy, but which wrestler is in that? Why? It's not Goldberg. Paul White, aka the Big Show. Ooh, yeah, the Water Boy is good. I guess you could also, by that route, say uh, the Longest Yard. I think has a wrestler in it. That big, that super big dude. RJ, you know have, the you, guy? have you had the pleasure to watch See No Evil? Uh, no, that's see, got see, Kane, right? That's got Kane. <laughs> yeah. What I about what about Conan the Destroyer, aka Conan Two? No, that's also got Andre, but he's like in a suit and he's not really mm. doing anything. Well, I mean, there's the Running Man, also with Jesse. Yeah, Running Man's pretty good. Mm. I like Running Man. How about Santa's Sleigh, starring Goldberg? Mm, I like Goldberg, but. I don't know about this Santa business. Actually, probably one of the best uh, movies on this list is probably Ed Wood, which has uh, George the Animal Steel being uh, Tor Johnson. Mm, that's a good one, too. I like George the Animal Steel. He's got big hands. Mm-hmm. Real big hands. Oh, and then, of course, uh, one of the, the greatest ensembles is MacGruber. Ooh. So, wait. We're into ensembles now? Well, I mean, that's like that movie's got Chris Jericho, Kane, MVP, Mark Henry, The Great Collie, and The Big Show. And, still and, no and, ready to rumble. And one of the funniest payoffs to that completely. I don't know. You've seen McGruber, right? Yep. Yeah. yeah. Not for years, though. I don't really yeah. remember it at all. Well, it's honest. kind of a spoiler. <laughs> I, mean, I guess the joke is that they had the whole showcase of these guys all, like, you know, swatted up, and they've got all their, like, assault rifles, and they all get into the, like, bus, and then the bus <laughs> just explodes. <laughs> Oh, I see. Because <laughs> it's like, yep. <laughs> I don't know. I thought it was pretty good. I was not expecting it. Yeah, but you're a big MacGruberman, aren't you? I don't mind that MacGruber as far as like dumb SNL comedies go. I've heard you talk about MacGruber pretty affectionately more than once. Mm-hmm. Big time MacGruber. I'd say it's like I enjoyed as much as Step Brothers. Okay. That's high for you. Mm-hmm. What about uh, Magic Mike? 
Nah. It's got it's got Kevin Nash. Kevin Nash? Mm-hmm. Is he really old in that one? I mean, older. How about Roadhouse? Yeah. Which t- one? The Ronda Rousey one? The one that never got made, yeah. No, yeah. the uh, the original. It's got some Terry Funk. Ooh. I and, like that funk. Oh, then we got some Steve Austin. Yeah. Yeah. Sergeant Slaughter, man. Wow. man. Anyways. Yeah. A, a, a fun time had by all. Surely. Justin would go with Hulk Hogan and Rocky Three, and another performance that kicks ass and chews bubblegum. Thanks for the time, creeps. Have a great show. Cheers. It's good to hear from our friends. Jared Berger, class <gasps> screenings. Hey, creeps. As a film major, a lot hangs on syllabus week as it dictates much of what we are watching for the next semester. Fortunately, I am doing a Hitchcock course, which gives me a chance to rewatch much of his filmography over the next few months. Unfortunately, I will have to rewatch The 39 Steps, which my professor has described as his favorite Hitchcock film. In honor of this, I have a tangential question. What are some memorable screenings you've had during class, no matter the course? In high school, my film teacher showed us the first episode of the third season of Twin Peaks. We did it to learn about Lynch, but don't ask me why he picked this episode. I still haven't got to season three, but since this screening, I've watched the first two. Jared Berger, well, real guy. Two is better than uh, That's right. Is, what about you, Jared? Which, uh, which <laughs> films have you watched in class? Ooh. Hmm. Don't know. Medicine Man. <laughs> what is the Medicine Man? You don't remember Medicine Man? You don't know about I that? I know sh- uh, that... Dr. Quinn, Medicine Woman. Well, the, before Medicine Woman, there was Medicine Man starring... Sean Connery. And what was that film about? Uh, you don't remember this movie at all? No. Oh. Uh, I, I mean, it's it's about like, I don't know, looking for the cure for cancer in the jungle and then logging companies. And, oh, and, yeah. And I believe Sean Connery is like Sean Connerying, and there's like some battle being done. A battle in what sense? Like an inner it, battle? Uh, like actually, you know, like it's been forever. I've watched it in grade eleven, I think, high school in social okay. in social studies. I feel like they had a tape Ooh. laying around. I uh, yeah, they, there were a few tapes laying around. I think I watched A Beautiful Mind like five times in high school, just because it just every teacher just wanted to show it. You know who the female lead is, RJ. Is it uh, Batista? Lorraine Bracco. Oh, from... Uh, Dr. Melfi? Mm. Mm. Yes. Of course. I forgot what her real name was. Uh, that's fine. How about you, RJ? Uh, so, you know what? A movie, not particularly because it's a good movie or anything like that. Like, I don't know. It's been so long since I've seen it. But do you know director Roland Joff? Yeah. So when I was in junior high, I had a teacher show us The Mission, that Jesuit priest movie with Robert De Niro and yep. Jeremy Irons. Yep. And I always thought it was weird because it's like, why would you show like a group of 13-year-olds The Mission? Do you know what I mean? Was it what, what class was it for? Social, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So like, I mean, I, I kind of get it, but at the same time, like, I don't know. 
13 year old kids uh speaking for myself i don't think i really fully appreciated it at the time that i was i was showing it right if you know what i mean so that i don't know why it's just <laughs> thinking about mo- movies in in school it's like the mission probably that, i didn't watch a lot of movies well, in uh university i never took a film class well it's, it's both the same for me with medicine man it's not like a great movie or anything but but it, it stands a, out it stands out for some reason i guess like for probably the best movie though i ever saw in like high school because when i took film classes at university i didn't see anything like too like, i'd seen so many of the movies we wound up watching beforehand because i was like doing my own film school like through high school like, i was just watching movies um but oh, fuck i just blanked out on it oh uh Roman polanski's Macbeth in high school for english class I remember like being watching this. And I was like, "Fuck, this movie's so good." That's about it. That's about it. On to another email, RJ. I'm here. Okay. Sam Sanchez, Sam aka number Sam Number Two. Lesser Sam. No subject even. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's because he's the lesser Sam now. He's he must feel uh, jilted. He's not entitled to a, a titled email. Hey, once again. So a couple things. Last week I mentioned the Simpsons episode, the Cartridge Family, and both of you weren't sure which episode that was. It's the episode where Homer gets a gun and joins the NRA. Five days, but I'm mad now. And where Mo manages to turn one gun into five guns after a few minor adjustments. What season is this in? Season nine. So really? I, I looked this. Yeah, I mean, I vague, but this is the thing. After season eight on, I start have I I've probably only ever seen a lot of those episodes once because mm. they weren't really in syndication when I was watching syndicated Simpsons. So there's a big drop off. Like I saw some of these when they aired, and dude, like they had left not a lot of an impression. This is a John Schwartzwelder episode too. So it's mm. one of the like, you know, he's one of the big Simpsons writers. But right. yeah, I was I think like what two like so Simpsons season nine. So the first episode is Homer versus the city New of New York. But episode number yeah. two is when they do the retcon of Seymour Skinner. And they, oh, when he's not actually Seymour. Yeah. yeah. And that's like that yeah. was the, for a lot of people the beginning of the end. And I was like, oh, fuck, I forgot about that. I've, I found the episode now. I know the episode right after when Homer coaches. And I know, yeah, I know pretty much all of these episodes. But this one was just, uh, for some reason, it doesn't totally ring the bell to me. I recognize all the episodes around it. See, I remember season nine, Bart Carney. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Dos Bus. Lisa the Skeptic, I remember. The Joy of the Sect. That's a good one. Lisa's sex. I don't know anything about that. I don't know. What? Lisa's sex. Oh, I think she... Yeah, I, I know season nine pretty good. Okay. I, I just I, didn't recognize that one from title. Yeah, it becomes a lot more uh, hazy for me. Yeah, after season nine, I, I I think I was definitely checked out. Season 10 was... uh, Like, I'm still recognizing some of the episodes, but this is where I was getting... This is where it started to fall apart for me. After season ten, probably. Uh, 
Sam continues. Oh, yeah. <laughs> also, last Sam. week, Jared mentioned how expensive the Tremors 4K was, but I'm not quite sure what the conversion to Canada is, but I ordered straight from the Aero site, which was priced at 30 pounds plus 10 pound shipping, which is admittedly a little pricey, about 55 American, but I did have about 15 pounds in credit points that brought it down to around 35 shipped American. Not too bad, considering how expensive they can theoretically become if I ever decided to flip it. Overall, pretty happy with it, especially after watching it on 4K. So I just looked up pounds. Forty, I think it's like almost seventy dollars Canadian. Is it pounds sterling? Is yeah. that what we're doing here? Yeah. 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 So thirty pounds is fifty-two Canadian dollars. Forty pounds. Oh, yeah. forty pounds. Forty. Forty pounds is sixty-nine. Yeah. No, oh, two. Yeah. Just, we'll just round yeah. up to seventy. So because uh, well, you can, you can, yeah. You can, and I shall. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's it's a little pricey for a. Uh, I mean, I just whatever dropped like a hundred and five bucks on that Dawn of the Dead set, but that's I mean three Sorry, versions. Did you say five hundred dollars? A hundred. Oh, hundred and like hundred and five. Oh, Jared, I was gonna no For a second. I was gonna on. end the podcast. I was gonna say I'm not. What? No, no fucking way. <laughs> I'm, I was gonna say, I'm, I'm not a ma- I'm not a madman. Well, you are, but uh, yeah. <laughs> huh. Well, you know, so interestingly enough, the Tremors 4K Blu-ray could be mine this very moment for $60 Canadian. Well, get it and give it to me for free. I just, do I need this? Probably. Do I? Do you need any of the stuff that you own? You know what I did order? What? Uh, Satan Tango. You know? Santan Tangelo? Yep. Yeah. That's that's, that, that, that just came out on a a new blu-ray finally so i said yeah, but whatever i, I want to watch this whatever it is five six hour long movie I, I i do that you know i watch so many movies clearly Wait, that's in the creep oh though. it isn't it sure tango is not it is not there is no bellatar in the criterion collection rj so why do criterion simps talk about it because the they time? wished they were in the criterion collection they they, they would fit but it, uh, they just can't seem to seal that deal. Gotcha. No. Uh, Lastly, oh, oh. fellow Canadian podcast Film Junk recently entered the Guinness World Records for longest running movie podcast at 16 years. Huh. Uh, apparently, film Junk was 16 years? Yeah. I, what we got that being easy. Apparently edging out film spotting by two months. Yeah, because we have film spotting is definitely, the, I think, the first one of the first podcasts I ever heard of. Mm. I know train spotting. Is that the same thing? Uh, that's probably part of the referencing. But were those all with the with the exact same uh, hosts the entire time? Or did they have like sub one in, one out? Probably, but... And then it doesn't count. It doesn't count. Yeah. I'm looking for continuous action. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I see. Continuous action. That's what our, that's a t-shirt, RJ. Continuous action. Mm-hmm. We have lots of shirt ideas. Lots. And uh, more more to come soon. As soon as the New Zealand uh, mail speeds things up a little bit. And it got me thinking. If they yeah. stopped going today and so did film spotting, you guys could theoretically be the all-time Guinness World Record holders, yet still be 350 weeks shy of catching uh, up to the current spine total. 
Just a never-ending slog we're all trudging through hand in hand. Well, this is Sisyphus, right? There is something to be said about this Guinness World Records shit, though. Because especially when it comes to video game uh, scores and such. It seems like those people cheat. Well, like, yeah, some some folks who uh, sue who sue people for saying that they cheat. Well, who 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 was getting sued for cheating? All right, guys, let's get that world record. And RJ, who you got for the Royal Rumble? I know Jarrett can't wait. I mean, uh, Jesse Ventura. Do you got Jesse Ventura? Maybe. Oh, like the surprise guests? I don't know. Who who do you think is going to take it? I, I I honestly. I have no idea. <laughs> I'm going to say Rey Mysterio. Booyaka, booyaka. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, isn't, didn't you just say Sting is back? Sting won't win. Other company. Oh, he's in the other one? Yeah. I, I'm going to say Vince is going to be pissed off that Sting's in the other one, and and they're going to try to get Sting for the Rumble, and then Sting will wing, win. He'll wink? Yeah, he'll wink at the fans. Because he'll know. Who has been entered into the Royal Rumble? Man. Well, I mean, there's the men's and the women's. It's a mystery, is it not? Well, yeah, we don't know. Uh, Thus far, Rey Mysterio has not entered. Wait, is the Royal Rumble right now? No. uh, 11 days from now. Um. 11 days, that's late, isn't it usually? Or it's the last Sunday of January. Is that usually when it is? Something like that. Okay. It's like the week end before the football. Yeah, I'm going to say either Rey Mysterio, Sting, or Oliver Platt. Okay. Yeah. Good. He's he's going to uh, don the boots once more. Yeah, as uh, Billy King. Right. Uh, I mean, you would know if you'd seen uh, classic. Oh, I, 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 see, I've seen a review for Ready to Rumble, so I know that. I don't even have to watch the movie, RJ. Why would you watch a review for that one? I could have given you a review that would have been much better than whatever you listened or watched. Dear, dear, dear. You know? Trust me. Rob Eagle writes, How embarrassing. The email's entitled. What did he do? Hi, creeps. Watch David Lean's Oliver Twist over Christmas and then listen to your review. I noticed the film features a teenage uh, Diana Doors. Doors? Which reminds me of an incident that occurred later in her career. Uh-oh. Miss Doors grew up to become Britain's answer to Marilyn Monroe. She appeared at the Royal Variety Performance during the 70s in the presence of the Queen. The show was an annual event in the UK, broadcast live from the London Palladium with huge viewing figures. Sir John Gilgood... Oh, my God. Who? Exactly. ...was waiting in the wings to introduce her. Unfortunately, someone told... Guile good. Who? <laughs> that Diana Doors real name is Diana Fluck, which threw him into a mild panic, terrified he'd now made some awful slip of the tongue. His mind filled with Fluck, Guile Good strode upon the stage. And now, ladies and gentlemen, your majesty, may I present Miss Diana Clunt. Who? <laughs> On that wholesome note, I'll let you get on with the show. Regards, Rob Eagle. It sounds like some serious United uh, Kingdom stuff, Jerry. This is this is <laughs> some extreme inside baseball. Uh, 
Yeah. <laughs> or are you familiar with said people? No. <laughs> I, I know I know of the Queen, and I know we watched uh, some Oliver Twist movies once. You don't know Diane Clunt? <laughs> or Fluck. Hmm. It's kind of like Fred Fox, hey? Do you remember that guy? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fred Fuchs? Big fan. You're a big fan of Fred Fox? Oh, yeah. F-U-C-H-S? Interesting. Well, mm-hmm. I'll do some investigation into said people. Do you think they'd want to be on the podcast? Sam number one. Oh, the real Sam. Slam love one or love machine. But number two in our hearts. Well, I mean, I think you just played your hand, friend. We'll see if this email can turn that around. Pizza. It's entitled. It's, it's, all right. All right. Hello, creeps. I see that Jarrett still hasn't watched Possessor. Guilty as charged. I won't say anything further, except that I'm just curious to hear what you guys think of the movie. Well, well, you haven't seen it yet. It's coming. It'll it'll happen. Don't worry. School is back. I wonder when the first university Zoom lecture horror movie will come out. Mm. Uh, Fairly soon, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Right. Not that I'm saying it would be good, but it seems inevitable, and I suppose would give people something to watch. Uh, yeah. I mean, we had that we had that Zoom movie already. Yeah, yeah, we did, and I think that's enough. But people won't need oh, things no. to watch. We forgot in the news last week. Didn't Netflix do that? Say that thing where they're going to do one movie a week for the entire year, like <laughs> release a new movie a week. Sure. Or was that all horseshit? I don't fucking know. You tell me. No. I don't know. Speaking of mass media, I watched oh, yeah. Paul Verhoeven's Showgirls for the first time uh, recently. I won't get into it because I know you guys don't like that movie, but I'll just say I thought it was a nearly perfect movie and not in an ironic or so bad it's good way. On yeah. that note, what are some of your favorite media satire movies? Obvious examples like Network, To Die For, or King of Comedy comes to mind. But I wonder if you guys have any deep cuts or movies you feel are especially poignant. Mm. Well, uh, I mean, you're asking the wrong man here. The man who uh, abhors satire. <laughs> I heard you like skewering satire. Sure. Well, especially the skewering kind or biting. Biting. Uh, on a side note, I don't know if I've ever said I don't like Showgirls. I haven't seen it in like 20 years. I, I don't I don't think I have an opinion at all of Showgirls. Oof. So maybe I should watch it again. I don't know. Yeah, so, yeah, I've never watched that movie to die for because I think that movie would probably... I've only ever heard really bad things, and when I went into Showgirls, I was expecting, well, maybe it's good, but fuck, I think that movie's just crap. But I have seen uh, some people have some surprising positive vibes toward that movie, RJ. Vibes. And, um, yeah, let's see here. I, I just typed in satire media film. And some people say Truman Show would be like that. Oh yeah, if if that's in the if that's in the mix, that's my number one. I think. What about Bullworth? Mm. How what about, about Videodrome? How about Election? Future Creep, starring oh, I, your boy. No, I'm not. No, <laughs> I'm not an election guy. Mm. No, thank you. Well, I can't wait. I cannot wait till Election and Day. I'm, I'm gonna be dead before before then that's yeah. like 10 years from now you know i'll be dead mm-hmm. uh what about nightcrawler there's wag the dog which is more like it's it's a little bit of political and media 
How about Tanner 88, RJ? It's one of my faves. Uh, the Player is actually pretty good. What about your favorite film, Nightcrawler? Under, like, part of it is, like, this is, this is just pulling up the... Uh, the obvious ones, I suppose, that are a feature boy. Let's take a look at the list and see if there's anything that I actually do like. Some people say Dawn of the Dead is. What about your favorite film, Nightcrawler? Like this case, sorry, this is all just satire in general. Oh, yeah, it's got to be media specific. Black Mirror's done some satirical media stuff. Uh, like yeah, many, they have. Many, many times. What about your favorite film, Nightcrawler? Is that about the the news? It's about media. Yeah, the media, the yeah. the lamestream media. Yeah, it is. Uh, I see this Ingrid Goes West popping up a lot because yeah. that's like an Instagram movie. Yeah. But I think I told you, I think that movie has a very bad message it sends to uh to uh, the kids out there. The youths. So, yeah, because it's like it like validates what the the bad stuff that happened in the end and it's like it's like is that what you want to say it's strange that's the biting rj do you feel it Mm-mm-mm. i've started making my own pizzas for lunch and dinner since it's a very oh, cheap and easy to make food don't know why i haven't always done this i'm sure you guys have talked ad nauseum about favorite toppings or kinds of pizzas but have either yep. of you ever experimented with making your own pizza you can just buy pizza dough, tomato sauce, cheese, and whatever toppings you want for very cheap. So I suggest giving it a whirl if you're bored or want something to make. Thanks and enjoy the show. Well, it's good to hear from Swam Lowland. And, you know, we've talked about pizza a couple times, mm-hmm. but it hasn't been brought up as much as you'd think. Ah, uh, yeah. I mean, hell, hell, Sam. You know, you, you can make your own pizza dough. That's what we do. And yeah. I, you do too, right? Yep. Yeah, it's actually, it's not that hard. You just need nope. some yeast yep. and you're good to go. And give yourself some time. Let that let that dough rise. Maybe give let it, it a, maybe give it a day. Give it a yeah. some, so give it some hours. Make make a plan. Yeah, you, yeah, a day if you can. But at, at the least, I think we usually let ours rise for like two or three hours, and then we and then we give it a rip. It's still just as good. Mm-hmm. A couple hours. That's that's when you know you're uh, you're cooking with gas. Yeah. So when you're when, when, when you're making your own dough. Yeah. I can answer Jared's question. And hell, so and, Jared... and you can make your own tomato sauce. Yeah, we, we make our own sauce, our own gravy. You make your own cheese? Macaroni and gravy. Man, uh, man, I haven't, man cheese? Haven't been dabbling in making our own cheese. But uh, okay. I usually buy a brick of matzo and we shred it ourselves. And then uh, some parm, you know. Do you spice, uh, Do you have to throw any ched in that? Mm, I usually don't. Andrew does sometimes. I usually just like the matzo and then uh, some, some shavings of parm on there. I think that's mm-hmm. a nice one. Mm-hmm. I know uh, Jarrett uh, Francois Duncan over there is a big uh, four kinds of olives kind of guy or something that, like that. It's not too bad, RJ. It's not too bad. Is that or how many? You have three kinds of olives, right? Yes. Green olives, black olives, and what? What's the um, other one? Kalamata olives. Yep. Yeah. Kalamut. Kalamut. Is that uh, that's your go-to? Is just three olive uh, pizza? Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll fuck with anything pizza-wise, but like, I'm not like I don't know. I'm not a big meat on my homemade pizza fan you're bad dude i don't know i i'll i'll eat meat pizza when i get pizza out but i don't know i can't get the meat into the right like thickness otherwise it always seems too thick for the pizza itself it's not thin slices of like pepperoni or whatever i don't know 
Yeah. Uh, well, so what I do, I mean, I, I, I see what you mean because Andrea doesn't like putting the meat on that stuff either. Mm. Um, she's a little bit more experimental with me, but so I don't like overloading the pizza. I think that's where that's the biggest mis- common mistake you can make yep. by putting too much shit on it. Don't do that. Keep it simple. Otherwise, you're so going to be uh, using the fork and knife on that. And and like a lot, some of the times, if you overdo it too much, it won't even cook all the way through, and then you'll just have shitty pizza. Uh, but I just do some cheese, and then uh, I get deli cut uh, pepperoni because yeah, that that's, that's the way that's the yeah that that is kind of the only way I think to really deal with that part because they have those like very precise uh, yes. meat cutters. But yeah, and it doesn't have the it doesn't have as many preservatives as the already pre-cut pepperoni discs i arguable <laughs> i think it probably well, I mean, it, it probably does it, it's bad it's it, all it bad it feels better in your teeth than those ones do yeah something but, about deli meat oh yeah. don't don't fuck around with deli meat with me Jared, because i always am slamming two three bags in the fridge and i, I go i, I just that. frog that shit right i know out, right i out i used to be like that too oh, it's so good <sighs> man i for lunch yesterday at work <laughs> no. i just took a bag of deli meat <laughs> And some cheese, and uh, I was just cutting some cheese. And just... did, did, did you get some meat sweats going? No, I didn't eat enough to get sweaty. I was uh, my lunches are pretty uh, pretty fast, so uh, I just piled it in quick, and uh, I got back to action. Back to action. Consistent, constant, consistent. What, what was it? Was it constant or consistent? I don't know. Someone will have to tell us. I mean, it's such a memorable T-shirt. Clearly, I can't consistent even remember. Action. Yeah. Constant. But yeah, I, I get the deli pepperoni and then uh, continuous. the only other continuous action, continuous pepperoni. Um, I just get the deli pepperoni and then I put banana peppers on it too. And that's it. That's all I do. Because I, I that's simple and it's it's effective, I think. Yeah. But, you know, whatever. Yeah, mm-hmm. making your own pizza at home is uh, wicked. Mm-hmm. Very wicked. That's right. But yeah, there's I guess there's, there's nothing wrong with just... Getting the getting the stuff yourself, but you yeah. you can take it up a notch. Well, I'd take you up a notch if I really needed to. No, RJ, what you been creeping on this week? Thanks for the emails, everybody. Yeah, thank you for the emails. Oh, hey, you know what? We have to do a draw for uh, our oh. Kagamusha. Yes. All right. So, uh, complicated rules have been rectified. Nice. Uh, I have taken into account people who did actually follow the rules the first time. Uh, so the, their names are in here. Um, and if anyone's curious, this is cross-platform. So we had uh, we had almost 30 retweets on Twitter. So we got like 30 people on Twitter uh, that also followed and stuff like that. Um, and uh, Or I, I don't know. Twitter people, uh, Instagram people, and Facebook people. We had, I think... We had like around 40, 50 people. What about Tumblr so people? We didn't get any any play on what, Tumblr. What about on OnlyFans? Uh, those people are just going to send me money directly. What about Telegram? Uh, I'm still waiting. I haven't heard. Gab? Mm, I don't think we have any on there. Okay. Yeah. So we, we, got, uh, we got some good entries here. So I got lots of names in our list. We got uh, some Facebook people like this Nick Bunton. Uh, we got some Instagram people like this username to be determined. And uh, it, it, it appears that an entire family uh, of Jacobsons uh, entered on Twitter. So uh, we got lots of names on here, Jarrett. And uh, I have them all put in a random name generator. No, you or don't. Or picker. 
You're pick lying. a random name. You're lying. Uh, there's also on here, I can click a, a box to enable three-step randomness process certification. Damn. Should I do this or? I don't or know. Should I... I, you could. I'm, 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 I'm trying to like really quickly find a drum roll sound effect. Oh. I got something. Well, you, I, they won't be able to hear you play it, but I could mm -hmm. uh, maybe, maybe. Well, I was making the sound with my mouth. How does that oh. sound? Horrible. But let's go. Pick <laughs> a random name in three, two, one. Oh, it's spinning, Jarrett. It's all colors. It's spinning. And our oh oh shit, we have an ad. Oh. <laughs> It's oh my god! It's making me watch ads to find my random name. Oh my god! What the fuck? Th this, no! this is this is what happens when RJ is left to do well, things. I didn't want to. I didn't want to do a trial run because then that would taint the. Uh... Oh my god! I, you have to choose. What? Oh, okay, wait, hold on. Okay, you, we're you, doing it again. You didn't think of testing this out beforehand. I told you I didn't want to like. I didn't want to run it once and then uh, sully the. Uh, you, you really uh, killed the the drum the roll vibe? there. Fifty four seconds of it, I think, and you uh, still haven't determined a winner. Oh, I got it. You okay. got it. Yeah, Who is so it? Mini Mini Web Tool Random Name Picker has uh, from the Twitter Jarrett. Uh, their team was base just Veronica. So Veronica on Twitter. I'll be contacting you. you it. Oh fuck! What? That didn't sound creepy at all. Well, no, I got a contact. Uh, so, well, congratulations, Veronica, on winning a uh, copy of Kagamusha, a crazy Mike's <laughs> video store authenticated copy mm -hmm. of Akira Kurosawa's Kagamusha. The, the, the little sticker on the spine that says "for" is for foreign. Is it? Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Well, I already, I already got the uh, DVD all packaged up. I'll contact Veronica, and uh, if she would like a signed, uh, what if, what if you don't hear back from this person? Do you have a backup? Uh, should I like? Yeah, do you, a second? you should do it right now, but then don't say it on the air. Okay. Just get, I, put some false hope into the air that maybe uh, this Veronica individual might not uh, ever message you back. When okay. You're, when you're asking for like private information, right? Okay, so uh, Veronica is the number one picker, and all I'll say is that the other winner is also a Twitter entry. Okay, so fuck you, Instagram and Facebook people. Well, it was just the uh, honestly, there was just uh, a lot more people on Twitter okay. than uh, on Instagram who actually uh, entered for this thing. This is what happens when you have unchecked big tech. Well, I mean, cross-platform, some people didn't want to do that, but Rocket League did it, and it worked out for them. So, anyways, Veronica, we'll Can see you soon. Ugh. <laughs> Bye. Hey, RJ, what you been creeping on this week? Uh, well, I'm happy to report that uh, I finished Snake Eater, Jarrett. It's the, the MGS3? MGS3. I finished it. Uh, I won't talk about it too much, but I'll just say that I think it is – it is definitely the better game. It improves on lots of stuff. I think it's got a great story, uh, like great dynamics, and uh, checks all the right boxes. However, I think the like the the overarching mes message of two 
is actually my preference. Mm. Uh, like the big ideas that get pulled out of two, I liked uh, quite a bit. The only downside to two is uh, the the write in stuff, but uh, whatever. Oh, don't worry, uh, he'll be he's coming back for you. I know. So I started uh, Guns of the Patriots MGS4. Yep. So yep. I'm not very far in it, like half an hour or so. But uh, I, I can already tell it is a big dog game. So does that, uh, does, does it feel like you are in like Bush's America? It feels like something. Yeah. It feels like something here. Uh, no, but it's very good. Uh, and then, yeah, Snake Eater was great. Uh, the bosses were awesome. I think my favorite was uh, the Sorrow. The Sorrow was a very cool boss. That's the guy where you're just in like the, the like the dreamland. That one was cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like the design of the Fury, which is the uh, the like uh, Russian uh, Sputnik uh, cosmonaut who has. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. That dude is super cool looking. Um, the pain is the B guy. He's mm-hmm. pretty funny. Uh, who else do we have? Um, the end, which is the super old sniper who mm-hmm. is part of the forest. That guy was cool. Uh, Volgan, he was pretty badass. The boss. Uh, and I, I'm just happy to say, Jared, that uh, I on my resume now, as suggested from a friend, uh, I am the big boss. I can uh, officially say that. So. Officially. Officially. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I am now the big boss. Are you, are you going to be putting on an eye patch? Uh, I mean, I might. I did have to wear an eye patch when I had shingles. <sighs> You're halfway there. So I have, I do have an eye patch. So, oh Jesus. Uh, yeah, MGS3 was a super cool, my man. But like I said, I think uh, when if you rewatch the cutscenes of two, it is so topical and like relevant to today that it's it's eerie. So even though three, like I said, is definitely a better game, and uh, yeah. I like the di- I like the like jungle guerrilla warfare stuff, which is super cool, and the Russian storylines. It all, it's all there, you know. It's all there. It's all there. So, anyways, I watched some. Uh, I watched some films this week, Jarrett. So I can't talk about Possessor because uh, you and uh, friend of the show Ryan Nagel and Sam uh, Sanchez are having discussions about said things it seems but you haven't watched it yet so nope not yet can't talk about it uh i watched first contact the star trek film <gasps> the borg and, you, and you've borg. never you had never seen this movie before never seen it. no i never watched star trek remember i know but you just it's just one of those movies that uh it felt like it was on tv yeah or that people it's that a, i mean on. the intent of it was always to be like the action movie mm and it is but no i was uh i was out uh being a super cool popular guy i wasn't watching star trek um at so like what five years old six, six years old six years yeah. old yeah yeah i would hang out at the pizza hut you know uh we had that uh buffet bar where you could uh-huh. uh we had ice cream with nerds that's where i was hanging out right when, uh, this this film came out mm-hmm. uh no first contact's pretty wicked um james cromwell is humorous to watch mm-hmm. his delivery of some lines like he sees he, he sees a ship and he looks straight into the camera and he's like sweet jesus and it's it's so it's so strange you're just like what is that <laughs> uh horny Riker is in here doing he's hornier than ever as far as i can tell um data or uh jordy they just got rid of his visor without like without any lead into it at all. He just has eyes now. And I know they like talked about that in the last episode of TNG where yeah. it was in the future, but I, I was still taken aback when uh, 
they show him for the first time, I was just like, Jordy just has eyes now? I was like, well, why didn't anyone tell us? He always had eyes. Well, they're robot eyes now. He doesn't yeah. need his like his visor. Right. So I thought that was a little strange. Uh, I do like all the stuff with the Borg. Uh, the Borg Queen is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I like her plan. Uh, that's basically like, hey, Data, what if you had sex? Would you want to like be bad? You know what I mean, Jarrett? That's how it always you, starts. Would you want to be bad if you had had the sex? Uh, Picard, uh, this is another Die Hard Picard episode, mm-hmm. basically, because that episode was so popular. Um, what else was it? Uh, I thought it was good. I, I honestly, I thought it was going to be a little bit bigger for uh, how this movie gets pumped up sometimes, like bigger in scope. Uh, I guess maybe what I was expecting was the J.J. Abrams film. Mm. Uh, but I'm glad it wasn't quite like that. Right. Uh, no, First Contact's good, man. I like it. Uh, I like the storyline with the Borg. I think it's cool. Um, I don't like, I mean, I, I, I see why it's a movie and like it came later, but uh, it could have just been a two parter episode. That would have been cool too. But I guess it wouldn't have the gravitas. It's got those like Borg that look a lot more undead. Yeah. Yeah. It's got the undead Borg and uh, well, well, like the Borg queen too. She's got some, uh, she's got some pretty gnarly stuff going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. She's uh, just, she's just a, like a bust. She's like a human yeah. bust that gets put that into gets a, a into a suit. Yeah, which I thought was really cool. There is that uh, gas that just uh, eats organic tissue, which is pretty spooky. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else do we have in this thing? Worf, he's back in the Defiant. Jared. Yeah. She was up in the Defiant, which is pretty cool. Worf and uh, Picard have a moment. Um, but yeah, this is a uh, as I pointed out, uh, this is just a breakup movie between uh, Picard and the Borg. He's, he's, he just, he can't get over it, you know? Well, you know, Lacutus. Lacutus of Borg? Is mm-hmm. that what you mean, Jerry? Mm-hmm. And they're on a new Enterprise, which, uh, you know, you know how that always ends. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, no, I liked First Contact. It's a good show. Yeah. I didn't take notes or anything. I just enjoyed it. Good. And it, yeah, you didn't see Spot, which is probably good, I guess, because he would, you know. He would have gotten fucked up. Yeah, but in the last movie, I guess, in Generations, the Enterprise crashes, and you think Spot dies, but he doesn't. And then he's reunited with Data, and it's beautiful. So that's that's a good moment. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think of anything else on here. Deanna Troy looks like... Um, like, I don't know, her and uh, her and Riker both, like, they either got work done or they, they just really hit the weights and, like, exercise and cardio in mm-hmm. between this movie and the last movie. Because they, they definitely look different. I was like, I wonder what happened. I was like, I wonder if they just got on, like, a nutrition plan or something. They're both a little svelter. Riker, for sure, he's definitely thinner than he was in the show. Right. He was a bit beefier, you know? He is, he is uh, beefing up. He's a beefy boy. Uh, so yeah, first contact is good, and then uh, I watched uh, a Tom Green film uh, called The Backwards Man. Have you heard of such film, Jarrett? Um, well, I know that there's a scene uh, where Tom Green talks about being the backwards man, and it is sandwiched in a film called Freddy Got Fingered. So I'm surprised, mm-hmm. RJ, out of like all these movies that you could possibly be watching, that you would watch the the cult classic at this point in time freddie got fingered mm-hmm. i always thought that movie was uh pretty good there's a few questionable scenes but i do like the cheese sandwich scene uh when you gotta have lots of cheese and the cheese sandwich mm-hmm. i always thought that was good uh and the backwards man in the sausage scene so anyways i watched mm-hmm. tenet 
And uh, you are going to watch this sometime soon, no? Uh, it's sitting right there with Possessor. So I guess uh, we'll have to, the fans will have to uh, hold out on that one as well. Damn. I oh. guess my uh, my uh, my backwards man uh, link, that's going to be it. That's my whole review. That's it. That's it. So, yeah, because I don't want to taint your, uh, your opinion no. at all. No, no, no. Thank you. I If you want, I could sit. I could tell you if I think you'll like this or not, but I, I think that would sway you a little. So okay. I don't want to say that. Okay. But uh, Kenneth Branagh's in this, and he reminded me of um, John Gabin when mm. we watched Two Shot Pa, uh, Grisby. Wow. <laughs> I was like, uh, because I just watched uh, Kenneth Branagh. I was like, hey, this guy's like French Kenneth Branagh. Wow. Nah. Huge. Big so time. that's it. Uh, what about you? What have you been creeping on, Jerry? Oh, actually, I, I watched a TV show, but you did too. No, as it turned out. Uh, well, so I finished a bunch of seasons of television shows. What kind of TV shows are you watching over well, there? Well, I finished season seven of The Simpsons. So nice. I am now caught up on the DVDs of Simpsons that I currently own. And we'll see where I go from there. Mm-hmm. I might have a season eight coming from Montana. Um, from Montana. From Montana, one of the few, one of the, one of the one of the sellers who actually had a copy of it. Are they driving it up themselves? Uh no, no. Oh, okay, it's going, that's it's, essential. It's going through eBay channels, which of course means okay. they have to ship it somewhere once, and then it has to get shipped to me. But it, it's it'll be here soon. Um, I can wait. I can wait. Um, and then in a, well, what do you want to talk about first? Sci-fi show one or sci-fi show two? Let's do the one that you have uh, less to talk about. Uh, let's talk about The Mandalorian. <laughs> okay. So uh, Jarrett messaged me a couple days ago, and he said, Hey, <laughs> I'm watching a sci-fi show I'm going to tell you about. Uh, I'm two episodes in. Little did Jarrett know that over the span of the weekend, because we can't go out or do anything like that anymore, I had started and finished The Mandalorian with my loving wife, Andy. Uh, we watched t- together. They're all about 30 minutes. It's pretty easy to blow through. Well, I think I'm like one episode's 30 minutes. They're, they're all about 40. Well, about. Oh, okay. But still, uh, when you have a whole weekend and you're, when you, ha- like, if if Andy is watching it with me, we can blow through it pretty fast. I right. think it. we watched it over Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then we were done. But yeah, so I, I've seen both seasons, but you've seen all of season one? Yes. All right. So what do you want to talk about? Uh... <laughs> Do you want to talk about the delivery of uh, Carl Weathers' uh, It's Trying to Eat Me, which is he, unbelievable. I, I, I think he says, it's so good. He, I think he says he's trying to eat he's me. He's trying to eat me. He, he does uh, He does give uh, the the child a gender, which I think I think that, hadn't, uh, hadn't happened yet. He hadn't happened yet, but he, he I think he, he, he said it right here. He knew. So he's I, trying I to eat me. He's trying to eat me. I don't want to taint anything for you, Jared, but Andrea and I have agreed that that was the highlight of the entire series <laughs> oh, so far. That that one scene, it was it was so good. It, well, because it's so unexpected, and it it, it's so very good. it's very uh, un Star Warsy, but at the same time, that maybe makes it perfectly Star Wars. <laughs> It was it was welcome. I think it's way more fitting than a lot of the dialogue like oh. uh, that Carl Weathers has had before, yeah. or like the Werner Herzog dialogue. Like I know that's just how he talks, but like when other people talk like uh, Werner Herzog, I was like, other people don't talk like this just casually. Yeah, it's like this is a little too uh, 
little too highfalutin. And I think even Carl Weathers says highfalutin at one point in this mm-hmm. show. Yeah. But uh, why don't you tell me what you think? And then I can, uh, since I've seen the whole story, I okay. can speak afterwards. So my my sister got that Disney Plus. Yeah. And she threw the, the, the login uh, my way. So I was like, well, sure. I mean, so I checked it out downloaded it onto a roku stick and i'm like i, I was just wondering what's actually on disney plus it kind of oh, seems yeah. it kind of seems like a ripoff it's it, pretty it's, it's pretty, pretty skimpy scam. yeah like i don't know unless you were like unless you have kids kids that's um the then it'd be yeah. then it's like a no-brainer but it doesn't really seem like it's for adults <laughs> it's like oh i feel yeah. like because it's like so there's this show which I'm just going to say, I don't think it's going to be making new fans. This no. this show is, is this show is some real fan service. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, like, but I'm not going to be telling, hey, mom and dad, you should check out the Mandalorian. I think you'll really like it. Like it's just nonsense. Yeah, no, I agree with you, and I do think it's a kids thing because uh, for the show, Ryan Nagel shares his Disney Plus with me, and like he uses it with his kids all the time. But if if I had a kid to watch with, I'd be watching Gargoyles, the Spider-Man animated series, Recess. Good stuff. Like, I'm not going to watch it right now as an adult, but I would definitely see, watch it again you, with you, a kid. So you, see, you assume that that stuff is what kids would want to watch. No, but, no, that's what I want to watch. But I'd force a kid to watch it. But see, they'll watch. They'll make you watch the crap they want to see. And then you'll be like, why? Why have I made this mistake in my life? Why, no, did, I, why, why did I have children? Like it's bubble guppies? That's exactly You know bubble RJ, guppies, sure? It's exactly how it works. Everybody, no, they'll do what I say. They won't. No. So, anyways, you have that to look uh, forward to, RJ. Well, Disney Plus. Disney uh, Plus. Yeah, so, I, I, I know what you're saying. It's not, not an adult. I don't. Yeah, I mean, there's a few things, but not a ton. There's not a huge selection. Yeah, there's no like, I don't know. I guess like Mandalorian's enough for them because a lot of people do it, and they've got Simpsons. And yeah, they have Simpsons. They also have the uh, the Marvel movies and the Star Wars movies for the, those crowds. For the man children. Yeah. Well, Andy might want to watch WandaVision with me, <laughs> but she hasn't seen – she's only seen like two Marvel movies ever. I'm not rewatching all of them. We we maybe would rewatch uh, or one of them, but uh, I kind of gave her a blow, uh, piece by piece. I was like, this is what that show is probably about. And she's like, okay. So we might watch that. Yeah. But anyways, that's – so, uh, I saw Mandalorian, and I was just kind of... I had just finished watching Cask um, Door, and oh, yeah. I was like looking around, and I was like, yeah, let's watch the first episode. And yep. I did, and was struck by like some things I liked, that it felt more in line with like where people like... Uh, was it Rogue One? Yeah, people really like Rogue One. I wasn't a huge fan of it. Though. Me neither. I yeah. I think it's just as like kind of blah as the other movies in a different way, but it's got kind of a what people want from their Star Wars, I guess in 20 like, I don't know, in the late 2010s, yeah. people want gritty Star Wars. They want grimy, depressing, desaturated Star Wars. Dur- the dirty Star Wars that was yeah. promised uh 30 years ago. Right. But even those like movies like like from like a lighting component are very fairly bright movies that are like naturally yeah. lit. Whereas these uh, movies are yeah. like, I mean like greasy. Yeah. Lived in. Yes. Exactly. Uh, and this has got a good mix of, I think sets and green screening when not needed, which makes sense because 
they're making these environments that don't exist in the real world, and it's a, and it's a television show. It doesn't have the budget of a movie, so there's they're going to cut corners. And uh, on the whole, the show looks pretty good for a television show. Um, there's moments where you're like, yeah, I'm watching a t- I'm watching a TV show from now that everything kind of looks cinematic. I know what you mean. Yeah. So it opens up with a bunch of uh, crazy-looking Star Wars aliens. But for the most part, it's all aliens we've seen before. They're yeah. all recognizable. It's like, oh, it's like that alien from Jabba's Palace. Or it's that alien that we saw in the corner of the screen once. But now it's like they're re- residents of the universe, and you're seeing a different version of them. Mm-hmm. I guess like it made me miss – because it seems like a lot of stuff in Star Wars is very codified now, where we know exactly what – everything is because it's got a Wikipedia, a Wikipedia entry on it. And so they kind of throw like, you know, Twi'leks are now a thing. You're like, we had Jedi Twi'leks and now we've got like mercenary Twi'leks and siblings. The ones with like the, like, the bo- bi- yeah. The, oh, I the, hate those guys. <laughs> I hate that design. It's so gross. Like fleshy danglers. T- 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 tubers. <laughs> oh, it's so gross. But yeah. Okay. And, and fangs. The fangs are fine. I just I just don't like how fleshy their the noodles are coming out of their heads. <laughs> it's gross. Big, yeah, it's like bib fortuana. So oh. my um I guess my first annoyance <laughs> I'll I'll just get out of the way with Mando was yeah. the uh after he arrests like after he, he his first bounty that he mm-hmm. grabs, uh he takes him onto his ship. And then the guy is like kind of sneaking around in the back bay, saying he has to go to the bathroom. And then he yeah. stumbles upon like a whole bunch of carbonite frozen bounties. Yeah. And I'm like, what? Wait a minute. Like that was like a one-time thing because they wanted to transport Han Solo. And they're like, yeah, we don't, we wouldn't normally do this. We use this for gas, I guess, because yeah, we, it wasn't we, for people. It's not, it's, it's made for inanimate things and it's not meant for people. And they used it and it became a creepy visual. And it's like very, like a stark startling image and callback to Empire Strikes Back. But I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Why does a uh, old Mandalorian guy here know about this? Like, did he like, did the story about like that one time that Darth Vader, he, he carbonite froze a guy and now everybody knows about it nine years later in this massive space thing. But it's kind of like how people talk about like, you you stink like a womp rat or whatever the fuck. Womp rats come up, yeah, a lot. And you're like, well, aren't those things exclusive to Tatooine? But so were Jawas at one point, and now I, th- I thought anyway. But Jawas are everywhere, and that's fine. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that sure they they can be wherever they need to be. Womp rats can be wherever they need to be. And I guess carbonite freezing is just a thing that everyone does. Can I tell you something, Jared? Yeah. Never comes back in the show once after the. Yeah, I, I, I figured. I figured. Yep. Um, yeah, it's, it, I think there was a potential for it. I think that it does show up in the ship during like a, a scuffle yeah. because like the the gas gets uh, kind of used during. A, yeah, yeah, that's about it. Yeah, though. it's used as like a screen, like a yeah. ga- like a smoke screen. Yeah, but other than that, that, that's all it is. It's kind of like whoa, but it's like how would he know that? How how would he know that? Yeah. Uh, um, then you have Werner Herzog shows up to be Herzog. He, it's uh, some stunt casting. They give him. They, oh, yeah. they give him some very uh, Herzogian dialogue. So that's oh, cool. Yes. Um, apparently, the new thing in Star Tra- Star Wars is um, Get it right. to, to like have like device names that they repeat over and over again, like tracking fob, <laughs> wayfinder. Way yeah, remember wayfinder from that movie now we've got tracking fobs everyone's got a goddamn tracking fob it comes up a lot chain codes 
chain codes, tracking fobs. La- the one thing that the last four digits. The one thing that Andrew brought up a lot was like, she's like, so what is the tracking fob? Is it implanted in Baby Yoda? Is it like, see like you know, because like everyone has one, right? And then it's like, but once they got him, once they have taken it out, or is it like they know your genetic? thing and it, it just works infinitely yeah it's amazing oh. it's like well that kind of sucks if it, that's but that's the implication i feel like did because don't doesn't everyone have a tracking fob thing implanted in them now i have one for you but that's okay. a different because it seems like everybody knows where somebody is all the time yes which doesn't make sense because it, it kind of defeats the purpose of suspense if people can just go i've got a tracking fob i can well, find the... i can find you it's the America that the Democrats well, okay. want. Jared. We'll get we're, we'll get to that silliness. Okay, I'm, okay. I'm going to say that I of the Disney era Star Wars stuff I have seen, yep. this is the one I've enjoyed the most. Uh, that's good to hear. Yeah, yeah. That that's I what like I. That. So I'm I'm going to say that just so people know. Like I like to shit talk things, even if I kind of like them. Okay. You do. Uh, there's things I there's things I like about the show. Uh, there's a lot. There's some things that I think are just typical garbage TV stuff. So there's that. And uh, the cowardice of internet critics and the laziness of them mm-hmm. when talking about Westerns and <laughs> it's like, just like the fucking hidden fortress stuff. Just because, just because the just man, because. Just, just because star Wars references a criterion movie doesn't mean it's high art now too. It's no. like John Favreau has got the same movies that you or I have. Mm-hmm. It's fine. Yeah, well, season two, it's like I said earlier, season two has a Wages of Fear episode, and you'll know exactly what I mean when you get there. Yeah. But uh, I, I agree with you. There, There is a extreme laziness in uh, – it, it's a Western. And it's like mm-hmm. I, I agree. Yeah, it's it like is a Western, the, the mus- and it is the, the, Wolf and Cub the, 2. The, the fucking music tells you it's a Western. Like, yeah, they're, they're, it's not trying to hide it's, it's, no, it's no great insight or like, oh, yeah. hey, did you know that it's like a Western in space? It's like, yeah, I think the episode called The Gunslinger might have given that one away. Yeah, they're they're pretty upfront with what it is. Yeah, like, say, which is fine. This is a western, and it's a lone wolf cub. Is it it's better? Like, that's is it, what it is. better than some of the best western movies? No, <laughs> like and it's like and most of it's like very like mealy mouthed in its references. Like you couldn't specifically mm-hmm. point to a lot of things. Like there's like this is kind of Seven Samurai, Magnificent Seven ish. There's but, episodes that are similar. Yeah, it's like vague westernness to it. Um, what, what was your, this? Is only the first episode <laughs> that I've been oh, talking about. Okay. Uh, I, I did take notes, um, but you, what, how, okay. So, how did you uh, respond to the roasting of Salacious Crumb alive, and then like cutting to another Salacious Crumb in a cage, watching his brethren being roasted? Oh, it was roasted. horrifying. And when we watched it, I was like, "What the fuck, John Favreau?" Well, okay, so this... I, I, I th- like I realize what he's trying to say, like. I do get it, but I was just like, man, that's there's, grisly. There's a lot of grisly stuff in the first few episodes that yeah. was a little odd to me because I'm like, so like, when I think back to like the original Star Wars movies and probably particularly the original movies, there is a gallows humor to it. Like violence is kind of treated PG-ish and like kind of like offhanded and funny. Uh, but here it's like between uh, the salacious crumb, the the Jawas being disintegrated and tossed off of sand crawlers to their deaths, um, that like beast that that sad poor bastard beast that gets the mud horn? that gets yes the mud horn that gets ganked 
uh, at the end of the ep- second episode. I'm like, yeah. I feel bad for this stuff. I'm like, what's yeah. up with this? And I don't know if it's because Mandalorian has like that helmet on, and so you don't see the you don't see uh, Pedro, you don't see the actor, and you don't immediately relate to him. He's just like a faceless killer yeah. uh, of like these things, or like he's just kind of moving through the world. And you're like, oh, I don't know if I have a lot of empathy for this. And I'm like, is that intentional? Because I've also like heard big people lose their minds apparently in season two about uh, the child uh, eating mm. eating frogs and frog eggs and stuff. And people get like really up about that. I'm like, that's been in the show all along. The the the, the casual like kind of violence and treatment of like kind of like the the natural order of violence. I guess it's just a, mm-hmm. it just exists because but that was in the original Star Wars too. Um, people, things just die and are dismissed and you're like, oh, well, ha ha. And it's, it's usually, it's a punctuating moment though in a two hour movie. But in this, like every episode, it seemed like the beginning anyway, had that. And it just stood out at me. I'm like, huh, that's, that's a, that's quite a bit. Or like even in the first, the, the first five minutes of the first episode, the guy gets like cut in half in the door. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. And there's a couple more of those coming up. Yeah. But I, of so course. I've seen the, I've seen the frog thing and it's like, I think people just, rag on it because it's like i think a lot of it is people are just being ironic and meme where it's just like uh he committed genocide it's like he did eat some of the eggs but it's like his baby yoda's thing is he just eats frogs no so like can't blame him that's right dude eats frogs he's he's a he's a growing thing thing. Um, do you know his name yet i i've seen it online oh okay grogul or whatever uh yeah <laughs> that's close enough i'll let you i'll let you get there um so there i noticed some pod racing helmets uh i, I like the video gameness of this show because it is so video gamey that you get oh, yeah. like uh shoulder upgrades <laughs> right like you go to i must go to the armorer and i get my upgrades that's that's a really good point and that actually reminded me uh do you want to hear andrea's review of uh tenet Sure. I don't think it'll sway your opinion. Okay. Uh, so she's she's seen a little bit of me playing Metal Gear Solid, and I've told her about the characters and stuff. She thinks the character names are really funny. She's like, that's like a little kid naming the character, like Big Boss yeah. and stuff like that. And I was like, I know, but that's why I really love it, actually, because it's simple. Uh, and after Tenet, Andrew's like, I think this movie would have been better as a video game, like uh, your Big Boss video game. And I was like, <laughs> okay. I was like, that's fair. That's no. fair. But yeah, it, it's it's video gaming. There There is a... Uh, makeshift pod racer thing in season two. Oh, of course there is. Um, my, my review, I guess my final comment on the first episode was some days you just want to watch Boba Fett and IG 88 shoot their way out. Um, uh, because it's, yeah, because yeah. it's, it's big shootout wild bunch kind of like super weapon. Yep. And you're just like, yeah, you're like something that's cool, big swelling music. And, uh, yep. <laughs> you're like, okay, but it's like, it's absolutely like the whole show pretty well functions as like video games, and there's the cutscenes and there's Absolutely. the action pieces, writing on things. You have to get this weapon, and then there's like, yeah, the fetch quests, fetch quests, things. Exactly. You're like, oh, I, I have to do this before this happens, and it's it's in progress. Um, so that's the first episode. The and then of course at the very end you get to see, uh, as I describe it for the second episode, magic puppet baby. Uh, yeah, so he he is definitely a puppet, and I actually I kind of like how stiff he is as yeah. a puppet moving. I, I I prefer that. It's it's good. I like it's, it. It's fine. It's just more ridiculous though when they have like a puppet that's being moved through a CGI screen. Like there's nothing yeah. there, but the puppet's real. But like but nothing else. But, is. but nothing else is. And you're like, why? <laughs> it's so yeah. it look it looks whatever. 
this yeah. is the, the modern times. Uh, yeah, murdering Jawas. Uh, oh, Bo- Boba Fett. I'm just going to keep calling Mandalorian Boba Fett in my notes. He lands in convenient pile of dirt in the middle of nowhere because it's Star Wars. Yeah. Uh, Star Wars is just about killing stuff, huh? Video game yep. logic all the way. Are we supposed to feel bad about this stuff? Um, uh, so that, nah, 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 nah. Oh, yeah. the first, That second episode is so weird. It's so short. That's the 30 minute one, right? Like, if that, I think it's like, I think with intros, if you skip past all that stuff, it's like a 20, 26 minutes. And then there's yep. like, and three minutes of it is just him blasting off and going into space. It's just so padded out. You're like, yeah. what, what's going on with that? Very strange. It, it was off putting. Like, but I was also excited because I'm like, oh, well, maybe the show's going to be like really cut to the bone and not have a bunch of extraneous things. I turned out to be wrong. Uh, third episode. I started. I made a comment that this is starting to feel like Venture Brothers, because so this is when uh, uh, Man- okay. Mandalorian arrives back at planet with, which it turns out a bunch of other Mandalorians. But there's like fat one, skinny one, female one, and there's like I've got a big gun, I've got a little gun, I've got a jetpack, and they're all like, oh, he's got that super metal that we need to make our armor. And then they, there's a, what are you doing with all that? <laughs> You're not even. But I, I, there's something in my mind made me think of Venture Brothers. Yeah, I I kind of see what you mean. Yeah, yeah, I, I get it. I yeah, get it. y'all like Boba Fett? How about a dozen Boba Fetts? That's a good point. What would you do with a dozen Boba Fetts? Um, well, I'd give them tracking fobs because that gets brought up again. Oh yes. I, I made a note here that there was like a thing that I don't know if it's come back to when uh, he's using the like infrared vision but werner herzog has no heat he, he was like blue like and Weird. the other guy he was talking to was uh alive i don't think i realized that yeah i think i'm right on that but he, he was cold which is like interesting so do you think that's do you think that's actually what werner hurts or he's like the client do you think they did infrared and they saw that werner herzog was actually blue and they're like holy shit <laughs> leave, leave, it they, in, leave it in leave it in leave it in they're like, his blood is ice. Yeah. That'd be cool. Yeah. So I'm not sure if the client has come back yet or not, or if he actually did get uh, his his arc is done or not, but we'll see. For uh, who? For Warner Herzog? The, the client, yeah. Uh, well, you finished season one, right? Yeah. When, uh, is he actually um, done, or is he like just like – because he seems like he just – he was there in the room – when things go down and then he's just gone. But I, at least I thought I, I can't. Well, so the last, the last episode of season one is when uh, breaking bad comes yep. and shoots up chicken, the bar, chicken, right? chicken man. Yeah. Yeah. And he blows up Werner Herzog. Spoiler. I, I think, no, I saw that. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, yeah okay. he, he hasn't come back yet. Okay. If that's what you're at. Sure. Yeah. I could be wrong about the heat signature thing. I didn't look it up, but that's what it read like to me. Uh, oh yeah. And then we get the big, like, Oh man, how's Mandalorian going to get out of this one? Mm-hmm. And then the the cavalry shows up just like a cowboy, and it's and it's the Boba Fett's, and they got jetpacks, flamethrowers, and all sorts machine of machine gun Joe. Yeah, and then he escapes, and that's and then he looks down at the fake CGI looking town. Uh, the next episode is Lord of the Ring orcs, the orc dogs versus like human innocence. So it's like bandits versus villagers. Uh, there's some cackling because they're, they're, they're meanies. This is, I already knew immediately. I'm like, this is one of those episodes that doesn't go anywhere. Um, so 
Yeah, you get ATST, which means, of course, film critics will be like, this is a 9 out of 10. Yeah, and this is uh, <laughs> the G- the intro uh, intro of uh, Gina Carana. Kate or whatever her name is. Yeah. I don't remember what her name is. Uh, it's really similar. It's like Cara or Kara. Cade, or something yeah, like something like that. Cara yeah. Cade. Anyway, yeah, and she, she looks like she plays football. She's a shock trooper from the from oh, yeah. the rebellion, but she didn't like how things were going, so she's she left. Yeah, uh, that so that episode's a lot of meh, and ask questions like, why don't you just stop and settle down, Boba Fett? Yeah, there's too many tracking fobs out there. Too many tracking fobs, and then the next episode is another like filler episode of, oh my my ship is got damage or is running out of fuel or whatever because that happens seems like all the time oh i better stop on this little planet out of the middle of nowhere called tatooine and maz eisley tatooine tatooine and uh he has to get fixed and then he meets up with a young up-and-coming whippersnapper who wants to be a bounty hunter has to prove himself and they're going to take down um asian lady and then yeah who she she uh, there were people are like she should get a spin-off episode because that's a What's her name? Like Ming Ma. She's, you know, she, but anyway, she's then, a big actress. There's a, yeah, there's a bunch of uh, references to. I'll. It'll make me legendary. Well, what if I bring in Mando and the Child? I'll be yeah. legendary. Yeah, yeah. That episode is fine, but not even great. It's nothing special. Pants. It's it's there. It, yeah. That's two episodes in a row. I'm like, fuck, this show is like already like on this mode. Like, this should be running hot, but it's like two episodes of nothing. Can I tell you something? Yeah. This whole series is side quests. Every episode, side quest. So the next. Every episode. Yeah, of course it is. So the next episode, I think, was actually very decent, though. The prisoner episode. Uh, the, Well, the one with Bill Burr. Yes, the one with Bill yeah. Burr. Yeah, Bill Burr's. Who I, I had no idea who that guy was, and then I saw the name Bill Burr pop up. I went, "Oh, that's a stand-up guy," because RJ's logged that on Letterbox. I have no idea who Bill Burr is. I know Bill that Burr's the awesome. I know the Twilight Girl is from Harry Potter. Uh, I didn't realize that, but all that, right, that's the werewolf one, British werewolf uh, lady. Oh, okay. I think that, that I, makes more sense now. Well, the noodle hair throws me off because I hate it so much. Yeah. But uh, then you also get the guy from Sons of Anarchy who just plays that one character. And Clancy Brown as the, the big devil guy. That was Clancy Brown? That was Clancy Brown. Man, you got to do something something big for me not to recognize Clancy Brown. He, he, like he, his he, voice. He, he, it was, yeah, I know. He did a pretty good, like, he was definitely not Clancy Browning it up. Yeah. But, I mean, I usually love Clancy Brown, mm-hmm. and I can usually spot his voice out mm-hmm. anywhere, but I had no idea. Yeah. Huh. So I, I thought this episode was pretty good, though. I think this show, yeah, I, I, think, I think this episode nailed, what, like, the side quest sort of, like, thing yeah. that I would want out of a Star Wars TV show. I thought it did a very yeah. good job. It had, like, you know, droids. It had, like, the ship. It, it felt like um, just something different, I guess, as far as the feeling yeah. of it. And, you I know, you. you know, it's going to go I guess like the the cop out though is the end where it's like hey buddy didn't kill any of them. <laughs> it's like well he he's well, a kind dad of now, Jared kind of he kind of didn't except cha- but he, but he'll fucking murder those Jawas <laughs> he'll just disintegrate well, he, them. He did basically blow up that entire station, which who who knows how many people were alive on that? <sighs> They're all bad dudes. He didn't like them. It it, it well, comes. He should have killed the other bad. It's dudes. because they didn't want to reuse any of those characters. They've they've well, got, they've, they've got those other three. They they saved Bill Burr for another day. 
was gonna say one of them does come back and well, there, there's a lot of comedians on this show because uh was it there brian is. brian Posehn is uh he's dead right already though yeah well, I think John Favreau is just friends with those dudes. I, I do like Bill Burr in this, and like when he does come back, I think that's a he's good in that episode too. Oh, cool. But, okay. Uh, so I have I a different I have a different problem with that episode though. Okay. What, but, what's uh, your what's, well, you, you can tell me, or, or, or the, the the next episode, or, or it's a future. It's it's a, uh, it's a it's a season two. Episode. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and then it gets back to the main story of uh, yep. which is like <sighs> frustrating because. You get the whole thing where it feels like, oh, it's the big payoff to the whole season. But it's like, oh, these two characters haven't seen each other for two whole episodes. And it's Ugnot guy again. Remember him from four whole episodes ago? And you're like, this doesn't feel earned. But he's got to have yeah. a – it's like a season's worth of friends that he's made along the way. And now we're all going to team up and because I don't trust this deal that uh, my good, close, personal friend Carl Weathers oh, has uh, said, everything's forgiven, friendo. <laughs> friendo, he's trying to eat me. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, of course, you get, like, the shit with, like, them all sitting around the campfire and, like, none of them can hit anything when it's convenient. Like, they have these, like, giant, like, I don't know, are these, like, crate dragons or something? I know uh, yeah, it's called it's something like that. I no, know a crate dragon comes later. That's season two. Oh, there's fine. an actual oh, fuck. Crate of dragon. course there is because I know that's a Tatooine thing. But I'm like, I'm, are these crate yeah. dragons? Are these Minox? See, Star Wars is in my head. Um, and then they attack and they fend them off because they're really shitty at shooting. And then we got the infamous line: "He's trying to to eat me." Uh, He's trying to eat me. So they finally get back to the town because, uh-huh. yeah. And then I, there's a nice shot, though, of like a scout trooper leaning on his bike. He's just, he's fully just having to lean. You're like, I like that. I like that bit. It, well, and uh, there's some more scout troopers in the next episode, right? That's the start of, uh, or yeah, that's, yes, yes. That is okay. the, that is the yeah. Tarantino scene. I was going to say there, uh, you get that scene, and then you get some more uh, some funny inside jokes about stormtroopers not being able to shoot stuff. Oh yeah, oh yeah. yeah. By the way, I sorry, uh, we're we're cutting the cutting the lead here. Uh, well, Ugnot does Ugn- some other uh, stuff. Yeah, Quilly, 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 Yeah, my note here's not Quilly, not Quilly. I know you <laughs> you you've grown to love him so much, eh? Yeah, he's like he 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 earned his freedom. After 300 yep. years or something. Yeah, and then Mando shows up. He's like, do you want to babysit? And then it's like, game fucking over, buddy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're disposable. You're, you're not a, a full-grown person. You've never even mentioned uh, that that was Nick Nolte. Oh, damn. Didn't you notice? <laughs> oh, uh, you didn't? No. Big Nick Nolte. Big, big. And then, yeah, then, yeah, we got introduced to Chicken Man and uh, Werner Herzog again. But now Werner Herzog's gone. Chicken Man's back with his, like second rate Darth Vader outfit with skinny neck uh Esposito. Oh Giancarlo Esposito. Yeah, yeah, his outfit sucks. It's really um shabby looking. Well it's like the shoulder pads don't look good. Like they should have gave him just like a they should have just not made him try to look like Darth Vader. Well, like, so, I don't know why yeah, they tried he, to well, do he's that. he's a very lanky guy. Yeah. That's you know what would have been cooler? Mm. If he was like, if it was like skin tight stuff and it was like bandaged kind mm. of or it was like black and like right. Like a like a stealth suit, Jarrett. And then we get to the redemption. Last episode of season one, stormtrooper yep. aiming jokes. 
and uh, we have, I think I think if I'm not sure if a stormtrooper punches a baby Yoda he or if he or, yeah he fucking feeds it to the little puppet. Um, yeah, he, yeah, it's uh they they whack it twice and then that dude full on punches baby Yoda, which is uh, <laughs> problematic. <laughs> it's a good thing it's not real. Uh, stupid Star Wars names, Muppet powers, flame yep. uh, flamethrower Frankie. Because there's like the stormtrooper who's like, oh, I'm a flamethrower trooper. And it's like, and the music's like, boom, boom. And then we get some, yeah, that's the magic of puppet powers. And then uh, my final note on this is ripped to dude to. Because we get a jacked up R2D2 bot. Oh, the uh, dude on the boat. Yeah. The, the, yeah. 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 He stands up and you're like, whoa. Yeah. Hit, hitting the like- gym. <laughs> Never seen one of these boys before. That's, that's right. What a twist. Then we get some sacrifice where M- Mando comes around. I guess I, I will work with droids after all. Oh, and uh, David Aliota he, or Aota? Aoti? He's the voice oh, yeah. of uh, the four long looking robot from the prisoner episode, too. Oh, yeah. Okay. That's cool. And then um, Taiki Watiti is uh, one of these guys as well. Is he IG88 or is he someone else? Uh, I don't even know who he was. I know he directed this episode. He's one of the characters. I think he's he's a droid of some kind. Okay. Yeah, so there's a few of those. Like Richard, did you say Richard Iodi? Iodi? Yes, Richard Iodi. I think I'm saying yeah, David Iodi, a, but Richard Iodi. Yeah, and I know he's uh, he's English, I think. Yes, yeah. Yeah, from IT crowd. Yeah, and then Taiki is uh, Kiwi. What did he? Yeah, so uh, that's our. So t- tell me how you really feel. I'll watch season two. Mm-hmm. Um, it's yeah. There's like I said, two up ep- the two episodes were like totally a waste of my time, and everything else is like even like yeah the 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 one with the mud, the mud corn horn. was like kind of fine. It was at least short. I I'm actually I'm with you because when we watched that, Andrew's just like because uh, she said the same thing. She's like, I don't want to see him kill this thing. She's it was like, why is this an episode? He's like, what? Well, who are we supposed to root for here? Is like this, just this like rhino thing that he just kills. Well, and you're like, especially oh. when uh, Baby Yoda like helps double team and the thing just gets lifted up and he just like stabs it in the throat. And you're, I'm like, am I supposed to feel bad about this? Because this isn't yeah. like the Rancor where you're like, Luke's got to kill this Rancor, and then you feel, oh, but the guards really sad about the Rancor dying. Yeah. Like it's not like that. It's kind of like, oh. He's just like forced to have to go get this egg so he can get off the ship. So I guess it's like a it's an issue of survival. Yeah, but I agree with you because it, it puts Baby Yoda in a bad spot. Because later, uh, it's like what's going to happen with Baby Yoda if he's willing to do that kind of stuff? Oh man, Jared. Jeez, I don't. What even else want, is he? Willing I don't to even do? want to know. I don't even want to know. So, uh, I'm I'm pretty much with you uh, for the most part. So. Uh, like we we obviously we watched both seasons. We did uh, get some enjoyment out of it. I think it it's exactly kind of like like you said, it's fan service stuff. So you know what you're going in for. And for us, it was like this is welcomed. Like it is, uh, it's scratching that itch and it's doing it better than uh, definitely like any of the the sequel movies for sure. It's like I think it's even Solo. I haven't seen Solo. Me, nor have I. But Corpse is a big fan. Yeah. Uh, no, yeah, like out of all the new Star Wars movies, like this, the TV, this TV show is better than those ones for sure. Just because I think it, it, uh, 
it fulfills on this thing you want more well, or if, that we've wanted more. Oh, if, and if I was a ki- if I was a kid, I would love this show and I would want oh, all, yeah. and I would want all the toys. Oh yeah. And I I know a lot of people rag on it. They're like, it's a kid's show, and it's like, yeah, so what? Who gives a shit about that? I don't care about that aspect of it. I have I have like some other issues, but like up front, I do like it. Mm-hmm. I think it's good. Um, and there's a lot of good things in it, but there are some things that I get like frustrated with. Uh, like there's a lot of like plot holes in this thing where it's like things that it's not like oh like really complicated stuff. Like things that just don't make sense to me. So like Giancarlo Esposito wants Baby Yoda. Right. Mm-hmm. But then he he's like shooting into the bar and he's trying to explode it. And it's like, but you're just going to kill him like when will... he is there. And, or... I, and it's just like and after this, like, uh, well, this like force and fury of like trying to like show a force to make I'm going to give you till tonight <laughs> to, yeah. to mull it over for some reason. Yeah. And then even more egregious uh, when they're coming out. On is that, is that thing, like general grievous? A little bit, a little bit, even more so. When they're coming out on the lava boat, and then uh, Ma- and then Giancarlo Breaking Bad comes in on the Tie Fighter shooting them, and it's like, it's like, don't you? Isn't your whole goal to get Baby Yoda? It's like, but you're tra- you're shooting at him in a spaceship. That's the thing that to me, it's just like it doesn't make any sense. It's like you're going and like that's one of my biggest problems with the show is there's a ton of like episodes where even within the episode, one character is like we we have to do it this way, and then something else happens, and it's just like. It's like, so did you just say that? Like, it doesn't make any sense. The Bill Burr episode, actually, they get Bill Burr for a very specific reason. They're like, we need you for this. But then when it comes to the time when it would be him, they just don't do it anyways. And then it's just like, it's like, so you didn't need Bill Burr at all? Like, it doesn't it doesn't make any sense. Another thing, Jared. <laughs> so mm. there is a big emotional at the end of season two. There's supposed to be a big emotional uh, hook uh-huh. where Mando takes off his helmet, right? Okay, but it is the third time he takes his helmet off. Well, the and I feel like first, so I've, I've seen one. I've seen one. There's one in season one. Yes, there's two. Which, in which is like two. him not taking his helmet off as much as uh, like it's not a choice, yeah. I guess. I yeah, but I think they, the way they should have filmed it was show his head from the back so you don't see his face, right? Because at the end of season two. I think there's there's supposed to be this huge emotional thing where he takes his helmet off for a reason, right? Mm-hmm. But we've already seen his face two other times before, so it 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 has no it has no punch anymore. <laughs> to me, it doesn't at least because mm-hmm. in season two, the other time he takes his helmet off, I think completely negates his whole thing where he's like, I don't take my helmet off for anyone. And then like when when it's supposed to mean something, I didn't feel it anymore, Jer, because it's like he's already taken his helmet off a bunch of fucking times. It doesn't matter anymore. <laughs> That's right. So really bothered me. So, so what you're what you're saying is you want to see his dick instead next time. I I think that would have more weight. Cool. Literally, but yeah, it's it's a good show. But there there's like, and I know this is like dumb, shitty, stupid stuff to be like going after, but uh, it did get to me for a while. I was just like, it's like, why do they do these things that don't make any sense? Because of Star Wars, it doesn't have to make sense, RJ. Star Wars. Hey, RJ, did you watch any Deep Space Nine? <laughs> I did. How much should we talk about, though? Because we talked about Mando for a while. Well, we might as well get up to where, where did you leave off on? Uh, I'm on a 520, so that's six episodes. Yeah, let's do it. Let's just do it. Let's. All right. Fuck it. I got to pull up my uh, thing here. I'll tell you my review of uh, 
So, oh, the one last thing I forgot to mention in the Cisco the Terrorist episode 513 is uh, I I also put weird time to have a flying lesson episode because there's like a five minute scene about how they like undock ships and stuff. And I was like, why is this in here? (laughs) I was like, it's very strange. Because they don't have manual power. Because I'm Cisco. Uh, Anyways, uh, 514 Doppelganger Bashir, two out of four stars. Ooh. Wait. Oh no! Wait! 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 Is that it? Episode fourteen? No, that's episode sixteen. Wait, I'm way off on this. Dark Where was Doppelganger? That, that that that's in the two-parter because that's when it's revealed. Oh right, no, but uh, fourteen, fourteen's not bad. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So fourteen, I put Doppelganger Bashir. I said two out of four, but then five or not two fourteen five fourteen five fifteen i put wharf joins fight club three out of four stars gotcha uh quark says sex and then i also put it's weird that jem hadar have people teeth mm. but uh, uh five fifteen i think is a, is a real good episode and then five fourteen is good uh but uh, it's all I didn't set like, up i didn't like the um as you know I don't like those doppelganger stuff. So I, the Bashir stuff, I was kind of like, meh. That's such a minor part. <laughs> like, I know. It's like, it's, it's barely there. I know. And I, I, but I, yeah, I, as, as a two-parter, it's good. It's good. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, Fight Club stuff. Yeah. Let me just see here. What are my notes here? Because it now feels like it's been a while since I've seen 14. Because I have finished season five. Season five? I'm close. I'm you're, close. You're getting there. Um, there's a line, I will kill Garrick, I believe is what Worf says, if uh, Garrick fucks around, and Worf's just like, mm-hmm. I-, I will kill him. Um, yeah. There's characters just hanging out. Uh, there, I think there's a bit where, is it when Garrick says that he refers to the Bajor as a backwards superstitious religion? I think so. Yeah, yeah. it's good. Yeah, Garrick's um, always got the and lines. People are just ragging on Garrick. They're all like, oh, they're all like fucking just... Like, like, man, hasn't this guy, like, earned your trust or anything up to this point, folks? They're just like, oh, Garrick, Garrick. It's like, yeah. hmm. I and think then, he has. And then uh, a Ducat appears, and so he's like, ah, yep. he just shows up. He, he just comes wherever he wants to, and he's, like, talking mm-hmm. to his uh, daughter. Mm-hmm. His ha- uh, yeah. And then yep. then we get the duo team-up swerve. Uh Oh, yes. Yep. Um, Imposter Bashir is less annoying. Which, he is because he's not like Bashir. Yeah, but actually, I yeah. think at, from this point on, Bashir becomes less annoying uh, overall. Uh, I, after I, maybe the next episode. Yes. Yeah. He he seems after to like. That. Yeah. He seems to like be a little bit more toned down. I think mm-hmm. from this point forward. Um, sandwiches. Sandwiches. Yeah. Were uh, they eating sandwiches? There's some references references to sandwiches. Oh, like someone says, like Garrick is going to make sandwiches for their trip. Perhaps I think yeah. this was like later in the episode, but there's talk. About, oh, I think it's like Bashir says, "Are oh, you guys want, you want some sandwiches?" <laughs> you guys want some sandwiches? Yeah, space uh, sandwiches. Uh, then there's yes, the the whole purpose of this episode is that Garrick has been tipped off about the whereabouts of a, a colleague, a Cardassian colleague of his that is deep in, yeah. d- deep in some space. Uh, and they gotta go check it out. And well, it like, was in the last season. They took it was the Dominion or not the Dominion. The um, Kling. What, 
whatever the whatever the like Cardassian like side group was that was trying to take on the Dominion, it was that group, and it was like Garrick's old boss, Obsidian that, Order. Yeah, yeah, the Obsidian Order, and all the ships were presumed exploded, but right. Garrick was always like, I think he's still out there, yeah. and that that's where he gets word of. And so he's going to head out there with Worf because it's like Montauk might be out there too. Yes. Yeah, so they they have a they both have vested interests. Yeah, and so there's and then of course when they get there, you, uh, they get captured immediately. Of course, um, and then they get put into a labor camp where no one does any labor at all, <laughs> but except they, but for war. fight fight clubbing. Yeah, fight club. Yeah. yeah, yeah, gladiatorial battle in the jail where you don't see any other inmates because it's television. Yes. Um, and then yeah, you get the reference to wormhole closure. It's it, it's starting to become more and more of an issue. That's right. Seems. And that episode is entitled In Purgatory Shadow. In episode 15, In Inferno's Light. It's a good episode. Yeah. 515. That, yeah. So I, 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 I'm yes on both of these because you'd have to yep. watch them if you're watching DS9. Yes. Um, my notes for Inferno's Light, work camp without work. Um, and then this is also, I guess at this point you get the thing where, oh, hey, the Cardassians, they're joining the Dominion. Yes, which is a good. Uh, I think it's a good uh, uh, mix-up at this point. Yes, and you're like, yeah, I guess. Like that's cool. You get some uh, Gal Ducat as Big Brother action on back on Cardassia, and he's on the big screen, and it's like, yeah, he's the he's the boss. And you're yeah. like, huh. I mean, part of it you wonder like if the show came out now, the scale of it I think would be a lot clearer that he yeah. rules it. But this is like 1990 Star Trek, and you're just kind of like, it's like, oh, he that happened. <laughs> They just bring it off. You, you got to fill in the gaps a little bit, um, mm-hmm. which is just uh, a typical, I guess, of like, or kind of a of the time of network television shows like this. Yeah. Uh, Garrick losing it. Yes, he and does. He's claustrophobic. He's claustrophobic. Uh, and and we get a we get some uh, the the Breen. We get, we get a Breen guy that's just hanging out, and I kept oh, thinking, yeah. and I kept thinking maybe that Breen guy, he's like somebody. But no, he's just a Breen guy. Uh, yeah. And then we see, we just see fucking Bashir gank a guy. He, he's fucking yeah. full on yeah. stab someone in the neck, basically. And you're like, God damn, that Starfleet training. That... <laughs> well, his time in that prison camp really changed him. That's right. And, yeah, because um, it's what, like a month or two that they say he's been in there? Some time, yeah, because he'd been replaced yeah. by his uh, doppelgoon. And uh, his doppelgoon. Oh, so the ridiculousness of this plot. Speaking of mm-hmm. like maybe plot holes. So the, the 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 Dominionite plot, I guess, is to like make it seem like they're going to come and invade and take mm-hmm. over the station and grab and get basically gain control of the wormhole. Um, yep. And so like they summon all the forces of like you know Romulans show up and the little 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 bit of Starfleet, some Klingons, yep. and they're going to have their big last stand. But it's a fake out because. Doppelganger Bashir's got a, a a roundabout that he's going to fly into the sun with this like detonation device mm-hmm. and just blow it up and wipe yep. them all out with a solar flare. But you go, well, fuck! Shouldn't that be always an, a chance to wipe yeah. out people? Like, sh- like once you've introduced that, you're like, that seems like a pretty dangerous thing. Like the the, the ability to do that yeah. seems like real bad. Like, well, why, it's why... like why wouldn't? Because the Jem'Hadar already want to die, so it's like, why not just send one of them to every sun in the Alpha Quadrant? And wipe up all these fleets and then invade. Right. This is one of those yeah. things where you're like, these ideas are a little ill-thought-out. Kind of like, you know, yeah. Cisco genocidal maniac. It's like, no, it's good. It showed oh. that he, he was willing to do stuff. And it's like, 
Huh? But if we if we pass it off after the end of the episode, it's like it didn't matter. <laughs> you didn't tell Starfleet about that, did you? <laughs> it slipped my mind. Indeed. Oh, those millions of people that I just uh, destroyed? No, I didn't tell them. <sighs> Speaking yeah. of Bashir episodes. Okay, so Jarrett, 516, yikes. <laughs> Uh, I don't. Need, I, I didn't rate this one, but uh, I am a. I don't know how to feel about this one. So it's, they they flowers of Algeron to Bashir, <laughs> and I I was watching it and I was kind of like, huh? No. What? So I, I'm. I don't. I don't know. I don't think it's a bad episode or anything like that. But I, when I was watching, I was just like, I was like, whoa, we're in for a wild ride. Well, okay. So there's a couple things here. Um, so this is Doctor Bashir, I assume. And uh, this is an okay episode. Uh, yeah. We get Babu from Seinfeld. Yeah, and and he's speaking like in the thickest English accent. I was really thrown off by that. I was like, so, whoa. So he's Israeli as well. But man, this dude's got range. He's got range. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or he was born in Israel. I don't know. What, he's he's like worldly. He's he's yeah. he's he's whatever he needs to be. Kind of like Bashir. Yeah, I guess he's yeah. whatever. He's he's just he can play anything. Mm-hmm. Um, this is where we get a reference to Vulcan Love Slave Two. Oh yeah, we, yeah. we get a uh, we get a Noonian Khan uh, reference because it's all about supermen and the outlawing of genetic manipulations, which would be a problem that would have been solved, uh, I guess, in this futuristic society by outlawing it because of yeah. problems of super people taking over. Well, they they do mention Khan, yeah, specifically, right? which yeah. is what I just said. What what did you call him? What's his first name? Noonien. Oh, okay. That so, threw me yeah. off. I was like, yeah. Noonien Khan. Yeah, yeah. Uh, whatever it is. Yeah, that's his name, Khan. So they kind of like, we get like a speech about that, about like yeah. why it's a bad thing. Um, yep. And it's just and like, like in, 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 start, in, in the Federation, it is just, nope, you don't do it. Or you're going to do some hard time in New Zealand. <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny too. It's like, yeah, you're going to do two years in New Zealand. Yeah, but it's like a m- like, right. minimum security work yeah. camp or something like that. Just do some labor in a world mm-hmm. without money. Um, oh, yeah, but we also get introduced to uh, the doctor, RJ. I do not like that guy. Robert Picardo? Yeah. Welcome to Seven Voy- Years of Voyager. Voyager. Is that? But that like, that's a version. I mean. It's a version he, of him? Yeah, because he's more of a, I think he's a little bit more of a dick here as yeah. the, the actual man. Uh, and then the program, and he's sassier. But he's not as dickish. Yeah, I would like the sassier version. But yeah, his his presence here, it's like he's unlikable on purpose, kind of, right? Right. Yeah. So and and a horn dog. Oh yeah, yeah. Dude was super horny. He's just invite. He's like, I'll open a bar for you. What about you? Do you want me to open a bar for you? Very he's like, goddamn, dude. Very doctorly of him. Yes. Oh yeah. Yes. Um, that's it for that episode. Yeah, it's like kind of just. There, it, it's okay. It adds I, a, I it adds just, a wrinkle to the Bashir character. I was just more thrown off by, uh, like I said, the flowers of Algeron plot for Bashir. I was like, what? <laughs> but anyways, yeah, it's not it's not a bad episode. Uh, Five seventeen. Why would Odo have nipples? Two out of four stars. <laughs> yes, I, I had to send a screenshot of this to RJ. Yeah, um, you you did. Why indeed would he need nipples, Jared? I don't know. <laughs> Somebody I don't does. Know. So this is an Odo episode. Yep. And um, 
it's kind of like a noir kind of story. Uh, yeah. Yeah, we have is. like a the lead character with a femme fatale. Uh, the the dirty scum aliens we get in this like yeah, a Rosen, guys are definitely dirty Rosencrantz and Guildenstern they're plotting mm-hmm. out loud about what they're going to do <laughs> we'll get her down here no yeah. problem and then we'll have to kill her well it's too bad she's fairly attractive um that's kind of like and this is the era where like Tarantino like dialogue starts popping up and even to this day in Star Wars. Uh, I my next note is Odo nipples frowny face. Yeah, because he there's no reason he would he he needs no. to have those. This it's purely cosmetic for her pleasure. I know, but he can't even get ears right. So it's like how how could we believe that he could get nipples? Yeah. Uh, Odo gets laid. Yes, he does. Yeah. First time, man. With, with a human. Human. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and Kira's not happy about it, but uh, you know Dax is just a gossip. <laughs> And even Worf is like Dax, and and she's like, "What? I'm gonna talk about it." And mm. Worf's like, "Don't talk about this shit, Dax." Could being annoying. Uh, and yeah. then we get then we get uh, Avery Brooks's reading of a woman. That's nice. <laughs> That's nice. That's nice. And you're like, man, Cisco. He talks so weird. <laughs> oh, and then uh, so my final note on this is this has a bittersweet ending. As, it uh, does. Uh, yeah, you're like, oh, because she, because she was the quarry all along, but she didn't even know it, because you kept thinking like, oh man, when's she going to fuck him over? When, when's the, when's the other uh, shoe going to drop? And it turns out, nah, she's a good, she's, she's on the right side of the law, yeah, and and now, and it can never be. She's just a sleeper cell. She yeah. just didn't know. Mm-hmm. Didn't know. Yeah, it's uh, not a bad episode. I was just mostly thrown off by yeah. nude Odo. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> unnecessary uh, nipples. Yeah, unnecessary. Uh, so then I have um, five eighteen. I think they wanted Malcolm McDowell and Marlon Brando, uh, and this is a high two out of four for me. Yeah, this, th- there's a lot. This is like a long spat of uh, mm-hmm. two out of fours. The this stretch it does. I, I'm gonna say it. Season five is pants. Yeah, it's and there's not that. Like I said, like there's a lot of padding. This is what yeah. this is where I dro- it dropped off, but uh, by the end, but the last six are much better than the last. I don't know. There's been th- three episodes that have been good in the last fifteen. That's yeah, not that's, of, that's not great. A lot of twos for me in this season. Yeah, it just seems like they're just they're just spinning. Yep. Uh, yes, yeah, so this is episode business as usual. Yep. Uh, Quark saying how titillating while stroking his ear. Oh, titillating. Yeah, he said sex a couple episodes ago. It was gross. Um, one man and a baby. With uh, we, we, This is the one with, with uh, Miles. Miles and the, the baby. And he's trying yeah. to hand it off and go to work with it. Mm-hmm. Um, Quark, arms dealer. Yep. Uh, this is one I really noticed for some reason while Dax is drinking uh, the... There's like the shuttle pod looking coffee mug. I feel yeah. like that's really bad design. It, and it's been it's been here for a couple seasons now, and it looks like uh, it looks like something that a shitty design people would have now. But like yeah. things that would be like like a disposable cup, like which, something you would just throw away. Which may, I mean, I get that it's like a sh- like the shuttle pod is like kind of like a yeah. reference to the history of space exploration, I guess, like from yeah. an Earth perspective. But as a coffee cup design, how do you clean it unless you have a replicator that just makes something that looks like that and then people go this is great 
it's like a little teapot, but it's like, well, you can't, it's angular and you can't get in to clean it without a proper thing or it disintegrates. Yeah. Which I guess is what they're going for. Yeah. But it looks, I was just looking at that. I'm like, oh, that's a terrible design for what it does. They also make, they try to make you think that Quark and Dax are friends, which I was like, all, all, this all, all of a sudden, because they gamble with one another. It's like I said, man, Dax, they have no idea what to do with that character. They, she, they bounce her around all the fucking time. And she's like, no, I was like, what? yeah, no, no real definition to it's very unfortunate. Yeah. Um, we have the Malcolm McDowell man saying, Quark, I love you. Uh, and then, but then we get Lawrence Tierney who shows up. Is that the guy I thought was Mar? They wanted Marlon Brando. Yeah, but Lawrence. No, hey, fuck. Okay, speaking of, because it's Lawrence Tierney, you might remember from Reservoir Dogs. I might. So I don't. again, the Tarantino. <laughs> Let me see this Lawrence Tierney. Uh, By Regent. Like a... Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, I know this guy. Yeah. 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 He's a hard man. He, did, he died not long after this uh, this episode aired. Mm-hmm. And Five RJ, what, what do we have here happening with Quark? Is he yo jimboing a little bit? Uh, there's been a lot of yo jimboing lately, Travis. Mm-hmm. And there's also been a lot of Quark episodes. There's been a lot of Quark a, a, episodes. A bit much, a little excessive on the quarking. And I don't mind the Quark apps, but uh, and like this one, I thought was I thought this one was okay. It's just. Uh, yeah, there's been a few in a row here, and and there's another one coming up again, pretty quick here. So it's like, man, a lot of quirks. Yeah, they're, they're, part of it is like some of these episodes are so similar to one another. Yeah, it's like well, a lot. Yeah, of, it's, it's like, hey, do, like you, do you like do, do you like dying Cardassian patriarchs? Yeah, <laughs> like let's do two of those like within five episodes of one another. You're like, come on, because that brings that's us to five nineteen. 19. Yes. I put Kira and old guys. Uh, and this is a high two for me as well. Like, cause yeah. I did like it. Um, but it, it's like you said, it's, it's repetitive. It's like, we've done this before. Yeah, the, we've had a, like a, an old Cardassian guy die. Like yeah. ju- just like, just <laughs> yeah. And, and then you get, you double down on it this time. It's like, Kira's going to do it twice. And it's like, Oh, she was like a dad to me when I was, fake or i was like pseudo kidnapped <laughs> and yeah. that's like and this is the one where it's like this is like the bad dad who dies it's just yeah they, they're going to that well a bit much and they're not doing anything it's not like a oh a, a pleasant surprise in 26 episodes it's like nah here's two of them the the one good thing about this episode though is the uh gal dukat and weyun uh appearance uh oh, yeah. which is good and then i did like at the end uh the fake news uh segment where uh gal dukat's like well he's he was uh or what it what does he say he's like yeah he changed his mind that's what we're gonna tell people on cardassia mm-hmm. and cisco's like that's not what happened and galdicott's like it is what happened because i say it's what happened mm. and you go hey i've seen this in real life you yeah. so this is ties of blood and water it is yep. a eh. yeah um yeah the the cardassian guy that like was her father lawrence pressman yeah it's weird. This episode uh, on IMDb, none of the episodes, uh, some of them have the actors' names like in the descriptions, but his name is right here. Lawrence Pressman, Jared, hmm. was in a film called American Pie. Wow. He played a coach. Cool. So there you um, go. I, I mean, what kind of drink is a black hole? You got to ask, man. You're not ready. <laughs> it's like absinthe times 10. I took it the other way. It's like as soon as you drink it, you absolutely shit your pants. I see. 
You know what I mean? You black hole. You black hole. Mm-hmm. Your hole blacks. It's not black out. Yeah. <laughs> You're awake for it. You're awake, but you don't want to be. That's tell right. you. you don't want like you don't want to be in a black hole. Mm-hmm. Um, now, remember when Kira said she'd killed Gal Dukat? And okay, some of that, and then but then like they do acknowledge that like that hostility still there because you're just like oh he's he's back. I'm like in my mind I'm like they won't see each other again for like a while. Like maybe they they don't run into one another for a while. But oh no, here they're hanging out on the ship again, and she has to be cordial to him because he's like the president of a planet. And that's always the thing with Galron is he never really seems like the president of Klingonia. (laughs) Like he's just like a guy. Yeah, get like for Galron. Yeah, like he's, he's always he's Galron's just, always been weird. Like, but, but they don't handle it. Like it doesn't seem like this is a, a like a statesman. But I mean, like I prefer not to be treated that way because I am a warrior. I also feel like he doesn't fit that role either because Galron yeah. seems too small. Yeah, like in in relation to how they present other Klingons, it's like Galron's a real little dude. And you never really he fights Worf once, but he's not like great at that either. Because it's like maybe he's really good at fighting, but he's not either. So mm-hmm. I don't know. Okay, uh, one more. Okay, uh, five twenty. Moogie. Two out of four stars. Yep. <laughs> Ferengi uh, love songs. And like, and so this one, I didn't like outright dislike it or anything like that. I was, I was okay. Andrea watched ten minutes of it, and then she was like, she just looked at me. And she said, "I don't want to watch this." <laughs> and I said, "That's fair. Yeah. I'm not. I won't make you watch this." Yeah, nothing happens. Uh, this is. Cor- well, I guess Cork gets his business license back. And uh, Jeffrey Combs, uh, aka Wyun, is also the Ferengi guy from the with his big uh, medallion. Yeah. His and partner. He can, he- Kind of talk like this a yeah. little bit, but it's still him. Uh, so yeah, yeah. Uh, my note here was Ferenginar looks so damn cheap. Empty rooms, curtains everywhere. Uh, the clothing material in like these shows it's hideous, it's so uh, ugly. I love Quark's outfits, <laughs> but like every like all the costumes that all the but characters are wearing, else, yeah. it looks like shit. It's patchwork. It's, stuff. Yeah, it's like very like oh, someone like maybe that's the idea. Like the designers like, well, Frankies are garish, so let's do it that yeah. way. But I'm like for the most part, I think like all the clothing in like Star Trek DS Nine stuff is like ugly. The, the uniforms yeah. are so baggy. Like that bl- the blue shoulder pad look. I, I don't. It doesn't work for most of uh, them. I also I don't really like. I don't love the gray up here with the the color underneath because mm-hmm. and they did that in First Contact too because they did that. Well, that, that's now the look. That's what all yeah. Starfleet looks like now is that. From I that, wasn't. Yeah. I I kind of like the old one better, you know. And my note was too much quark. This is too much. It's too much of a good thing. It's a little too much quark. Yeah. He he's better as the side piece. Or like in or like you get these moments, these little like blips of like Ferengi action. That's fine. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so this episode is just like yeah. Quark goes home to see his mom, finds out his mom is uh, in a, is now in a relationship with uh, the Grand, Grand Nagus. Nagus, and uh, Grand Nagus is also like coming down with some Ferengi dementia, or yeah, or, or, or amnesia, um, Alzheimer's kind of thing. Yeah. He, he has, he's just not on it anymore. He doesn't know his numbers. He got and that, as a Ferengi. That's very important. He's got to stroke his ears, Jared. That's right. And then, but so they just like kind of like, well, we'll leave it at that. My mom's going to help secretly run things on this, like, hideously sexist planet. But maybe one day things will change. Uh, 
I, I doubt it. Some some have said that the uh, Ferengi are the most uh, relatable uh, races for humans of today. More what so, sense of uh, or, or compared to what the Starfleet Federation ideal is, the Ferengis yeah. are more realistic <laughs> for like how humans actually are. They are, but the Ferengis don't have war with each other anymore. So that's one of the upsides. Allegedly, I, I still think they're fairly. I mean, they, they seem like they're still scheming to kill each other. Yeah, I mean, hey, but the... Donald Trump didn't start a war for four whole years, and some people Not are like, they're, "Well, we'll give him. A, we'll see what happens next time, right? Am I right?" Well, I mean, he he didn't die. He's still around. I'm <laughs> sure he's planning something. Uh, he's watching a lot of TV. Yeah, drinking Diet Coke. Diet Coke. I, mean, I heard he, he drinks like have nine a, Diet Cokes a day. Or I'm gonna have a quarter pounder. But he also said he's never seen a skinny person drinking a Diet Coke before. That was one of his all-time tweets. <laughs> he's got he's got one for, he's got something for everything, as the something kids like to say. Uh, yeah, that's it for DS Nine, I guess. For nice. for now, you got to catch up, buddy. Uh, I will. Well, but I mean, hey, I watched First Contact, which is Star Trek. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jason, I watched the Mando, which once you watch all of that, I can speak to that next week as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, I watched a like a nine-hour film called Tenet. So, not nine, but that movie's like. It's. I think it's three hours. It's. It's pretty long. Hey RJ, there's some Criterion's coming out in April. Oh fuck. <laughs> still. Yeah, they're still coming, buddy. Yikes. So where's my where's my handy little email? Man. Oh. There. Well, there's like a couple of cool movies actually. Okay. Um. So they're. Yeah. What is it? They're re-releasing masculine, feminine on Blu-ray. It's one of my favorite shows. Some Godard. Uh, the Furies, the Anthony Mann movie. That's coming out on Blu-ray. Uh, Frank Borzaghi's History is Made at Night. That is yeah. for, that's for the grandpas out there. I've seen a hundred times. Uh, time banger. You a Bong Joon-ho head, RJ? I'm not, but I'm pretty sure uh, Big Sugar is. Well, I mean, I'm... I'm not not. I, I I've liked his stuff. I've seen memories of murders coming to the Criterion Collection. That's cool. It, uh, it sounds like a good show. Uh, I I have my Palm DVD of it from ages ago that I've watched and it's good. Um, but people like love that movie. It's been a while since I've seen it, so that's cool. That's a good. It's got a nice uh, artwork for it. And uh, Irma Vep, the Olivia Assayas movie that I've been wanting to see for. I don't know, like 10 years. Same with me. I've been trying to see that for years now. It's, uh, it's, you know, you know that you, it's your favorite guy though. I thought, I thought you love, uh, Olivia, Olivia, Oliver, Assayas. One of my favorite actors. Mm-hmm. That's what he is in that show, right? Is an actor. Uh, nope. Yeah. One of my favorite actors. I, I mean, I, I mean, you're a big fan of, uh, Louis Fillard's, uh, classic silent crime serial live vampires, right? You like Maggie Chung? Uh, one of my faves, yep. all of them, all of them, yeah, yeah, all-time favorites on uh, every front. Mm-hmm. Well, one day when we get to spine one thousand seventy-four, you'll be able to watch it at long well, last. Hey, Jared, man, you put that Criterion stamp on it; it's a five-star film. Five stars, hundred percent. That's what they say every time. Every time. Nice. Anyways, that's it for movies. Are we still recording? Yeah, we're still recording. Uh, After the break, 
grab your baguettes. You're going to be grabbing something else if I remember these movies correctly. <laughs> grabbing a big handful. Yes. Of baguette. Baguette. No, nothing else. <laughs> that would be bad. Not we. Not nice. Que d'heure, c'est elle. C'est Simone Signoret, dans un rôle bouleversant. Voyons, Roland. Casque d'heure, c'est Marie, une petite gigolette que se disputent les durs de la belle époque, les héros de Bruan, ceux que l'on appelait les Bretteaux. La presse est unanime. Un film admirable. Tu permets C'est beau, c'est grand, c'est un chef-d'œuvre. L'une des plus belles histoires que le cinéma français ait racontées. Une aventure haute en couleur et conduite de main de maître. Il vous a peut-être pas dit qu'il était fiancé Casque d'or aime un homme, cédera-t-elle à un autre Toi qui peux m'aider. Je veux bien. Oh, C'est toi que ça regarde. C'est dégueulasse.
Simone Signoret, d'une beauté éclatante, intense, définitive, l'inoubliable casque d'or. admirable. Casque d'or, l'amour condamné d'une fille perdue. Un nom, une époque, un amour. Casque d'or, un grand, un très grand film. And we're back. This is the Criterion Creeps podcast. And tonight we're talking about some Jacques Becker movies, RJ. Who? You know Jacques Becker. Oh yeah. He, what did uh, What did he do that ruled? Was L- it Letro? Yeah, that movie. I I didn't realize that until afterwards, and I was I like, know, oh, I, I I figured you didn't know you didn't know that last week when I told you that wow. we were watching Casque d'Or and Toussaint Pao Grisby. Uh, by it was old, just right uh, off the tongue. Right off the tongue, Jacques Becker. Yeah. So yeah, he's back in pod form and what do we got here rj we got some i don't know some movies about slapping because i mean there's one thing oh, that you can't yes. miss while watching these movies is everyone men women particularly women but a lot no of, one is safe no one is safe from getting slapped but first there are off so many slaps so yeah. many so many uh, 1952's cask door by Mr. Becker. This movie's got a tagline, RJ. What kind? It does? The story of a blonde. Is that it? <laughs> That's the tagline. Uh, in the synopsis, ex-convict Georges Manda returns to the free world determined to go straight and takes a steady job as a carpenter. Unable to completely shake his connection with the underground, he meets with a former prison mate, older gangster Felix Lecca, who introduces him to his mistress, the sweet but guarded Marie Cascador. Marie and Georges fall into a passionate relationship, driving Felix to do everything in his power to ruin the couple. Uh, that sounds serious. Indeed it does. Does that seem like it fits this movie? I think the tagline is better. It's it's way more to the point. Yeah. So this movie opens up. <laughs> uh, what's that movie called? Uh, Day Day in the Country. It's the um, yeah. What about it? It's about people out on boats riding down the river, and you're like, okay, what's what's this all about? <laughs> so they're, mm-hmm. they're they're but it's like you get some some domestic kind of uh, tension going on between this glout and his girl everybody comes Mm -hmm. up uh this is what you used to do apparently um you you rode down the river and you went along the uh along the beach and then you walked up into a cafe and you hung out listened to some music olden times you ever done that rj 
You ever go down the the river? I'm doing it right now. Really? It's very That's all I it's do. very very good internet connection you've got there. Uh yeah, it seems like some there might be something weird going on. Well, I mean, you should get off the river. Oh, is that not where I'm supposed to be podcasting? That's <laughs> uh, not recommended. So the, the crew shows up. The, this, mm-hmm. this 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 free loving people and they're there for a good time on a weekend maybe. They're, they've left their jobs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, whatever it is. And then um googly eyes are being made amongst these uh friends. Uh this large group of people uh were introduced to uh our our man Manda, the man with the mustache. Mm-hmm. And the the uh, aforementioned blonde Marie, she's dancing with her um kind of rough around the edges lout What's his name? Was it Raymond? It could be Raymond. It could. It could be. also be something else. Perhaps. I <laughs> uh, no, Raymond sounds somewhat. Well, I know there's 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 a Raymond, and then there's the boss in this movie. The boss, like a big boss, or just a no. normal boss? No. Okay, normal boss. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Then there's Roland is the boss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Roland is the boss. Ray, Raymond is his friend. Okay. Or sorry, no, no, no. <laughs> Jared, did you even watch this? Movie? I, I did, but I'm like trying. They're, they're, these guys' names. There's Raymond and Roland, but then there's yeah, they're, yeah. These dudes have different names. The yeah. names don't matter as much. Yeah. Just tell me what they did. All right? Okay, so tell me what, what there, you're doing for me. There's yeah, so there's like the there's the underling that's dating her, but then she's also seeing the boss, or the boss has a thing for her, right? Lekka. Lekka's the boss. Aha, and Raymond's his friend, okay. and Roll yeah, Roland is the underling. So okay, uh, there's an exchange. Roland gets knocked the fuck out. Did you watch this movie, RJ? Yeah, I I watched this movie. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah, Roland gets well, it's cuz his girlfriend wants to go for a dance and then uh Roland gets all pissed. He says, "Hey, I don't I'm not dating no loose floozy." If, uh and then everyone says, "If this well, Whack. he's yeah, he's he's uh, got a short temper and he does not yeah. like, I mean, would you notice if you're dancing with your girl and she just kept staring at this guy the entire time for like a minute straight? Would you be like oblivious? I don't dance. Okay. Nice. So. Nice dodge. Um, so anyway, they th- there's a throwdown. But now but her interest has been piqued by this carpenter mm-hmm. th- that uh, apparently is quite dashing, uh, allegedly, it seems, in this movie. He's, uh, he has a distinct look. So these both these movies kind of have like a similar way of like handling the before time. <laughs> Before the movie starts, where it's like, oh yeah, he just got, he's got out of jail, but they don't make a deal about that. It's not like lingered upon. There's no big thing. There's no flashbacks to like what happened beforehand. It's mm-hmm. kind of it's kind of refreshing from watching a lot of television that like belabors the past and really hones in on it, and you're like teased out like what actually happened back then. It's just kind of like yeah, that happened. We're what, good now. What did actually happen back then? I don't know. What's the real story? What's exactly? Who cares? What's the secret origin, Jarrett? Mm-hmm. 
We don't need that. We don't need move like that in movies about for adults. Oh, is that what we do on this thing? <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> Interesting indeed. So anyway, um, jealousy abounds. There's a lot of uh, character interaction back and forth like movies do where it's like mm-hmm. she comes on strong. He doesn't want it, but does he want it? Maybe he does want her and now she's offended. And it all has to be kind of kept under wraps. But then there's a little bit of mm, death. Is it interesting? Is um, it intriguing? Yeah. Well, there's some uh, stabbing. There's there's stabbing and there's also grabbing. You know well, I'm that's about. no, that's that's primarily in the next movie. This one has this one also has one. Does it? Does it have? I a... made a note of it. Okay. I only really, so I only, I, I, okay, that's the, th- okay, that's a theme. I, I really noticed it in, uh, yeah. uh, Grisby, <laughs> but, uh, so both of these movies, this movie is more slap the film, but it does have some, some grabs in it as well. They're right. So this Jacques Becker dude was really in a grab and some tit. Let me tell you. Mm. He's I mean, he was giving French audiences what they demanded. Allegedly. It's like he was from Italy. It seems. Mm hmm. Well, then the, yeah. the, the the next movie is a French Italian production. Whew, what do you think they're getting into in there? In that, I don't know. So there's now a man on the run. Man on the run. Uh, yeah, because the 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 abusive guy Roland, he's dead, and there's the police don't know who did it. There's a scrap throwdown, but. Um, Lekka, he's like, I don't like how uh, Marie and George are uh, not here anymore. They've obviously absconded. So he's like, I'm going to lure him back. We're going to frame Raymond, <laughs> George's good friend, for this murder. Draw him back into town. It's kind of like heat. <laughs> or like out of, uh, yeah, against his, uh, his best uh, interest. He's like, oh, I got to go back. Got to be a good man. And he's like, well, I'm going to come and then. I'll be arrested, and then uh, Roland will be freed. Well, allegedly, the the police just charge uh, charge them both. Mm-hmm. That, that's a real shitty deal. And uh, Lekka makes his move on uh, the, the cask door. What kind of move is it? Is it uh, sen- sexual or is it consensual? Yeah. Why would those be mutually exclusive? Sexual and consensual, RJ. We're talking about a uh, French film here, Jared. I, I see. So, you know I mean? um, yeah, it is not consensual. I think. Well, it's see, mo- that's why you have to ask. Yeah, there's a jailbreak. Yep. And. Uh, and then what happens? Well, eventually, old uh, George he comes to uh, finish Lekka off. And of course, uh, Lekka is in a is he in a jail cell, right? Or he's like at the at the like at the end end. Not well the not the end end. Well, it be the five minutes before the end end. Yes. Yeah, he like well he jumps out the window. It's like the courtyard of the police station, but it's because it's like through a window. But there's also a door. Oh yeah, he, he sorry he chases him through, and then Lekka goes into the, he goes to hide in the police station, thinking he'll be safe. Yeah, and that's yeah. not and, and but uh, fucking. Well, but the police hang up their pistols on the uh, the coat hanger there, and uh, <laughs> it's not it's not opt it's not the best. It was practice. it was a, it was a different time. 
in this yeah like period piece because this is a period piece um even though it's like in the background you see like all the bombed out world war ii buildings mm-hmm. right buildings because of world war ii but you know that's what happens when you shoot on location um post world war ii i guess in europe you just get these buildings that have been shelled and they're just still there um anyway so yeah uh you keep thinking like well is george gonna do it and fuck yeah he does george just fucking guns this guy down <laughs> dead mm-hmm. and then uh we get we get a transition <laughs> to uh a straight up guillotine execution by the state it is just unpunctuated <laughs> like i don't know how to put that exactly but straight to the point brutal vicious and thin and it's all over with the crying but maybe not for uh um our protagonist protagonist at marie i liked i liked the uh the hotel room that seems to exclusively rent out to people that are interested in watching executions yep so yeah here's our room you see that good dude's head get Look, cut looking off over the cart looking over the courtyard yep What's the movie we just watched not that long ago that had like uh, the also the ver- fairly brutal uh, uh, beheading execution? Oh, uh, shit! Was it um, Chasing Amy? <laughs> uh, that movie was a while ago. RJ, God, pay attention. Uh, yeah, shit. I can't remember now. I'll, I'll look on my list here see if I can if I can find it. It wasn't one of the Cassavetti's movies, I can tell you that much. <laughs> well, yeah, that movie that um, just got Peter Falk's hat. There's, fuck, what was that? There was a movie, Jared, that we watched one time. This one time? Was it a German film? Perhaps? I mean, Coup de Gras ends with uh, executions. Was it uh, Battle of Algiers? Uh, Battle of Algiers ends with, or I yeah, think has executions I'm, I'm in it. Pr- that, which was right before Cassavetti's. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's Salvatore Giuliani. Uh, it was Battle of Algiers. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, very uh, reminiscent of that, I guess. But but this movie came before. Do you think that they uh, ripped it off? Is that what you're saying? I'm saying Battle of Algiers might have ripped it off. Yeah, like the historical <laughs> yeah, documents. Yes, just like that. No, the, the, that's like yeah. one of the. I think the real highlight of this movie is actually the ending. Oh, yeah. Because that is other than that, highlight. this movie reminds me of Rene Claire movies for the most part. Like oh. this, this movie feels like twenty years older than it is, or sorry, yeah, twenty years older than it is. This feels like something from the thirties. Because I'm kind of like wait, like I don't know. It doesn't feel as contemporary, particularly as a uh, uh, Touche's Pas. Um, than the, yeah. the, the other second movie, uh, as usually happens with these double headers, one is greater than the other. Uh, and you, usually, it's the first it's one we watch, and then the second yeah. one's kind of like uh, a bit more of a chore to get through. This one, the, the formula has been flipped, and I feel that I this know. is the, the definitely the weaker. It's just movies like it's adequate, it's okay, but I yeah. I don't know. I I definitely did. Uh, doze off uh i rested my eyes i'm sorry to use a rj's expression i rested my eyes i I feel like for like maybe a half hour in the middle of this movie yeah Yeah. and some people say that you can't rest your eyes and continue to watch a subtitled film but but clearly uh, how eloquently i walked mm -hmm. through the plot of this movie and recalling all the details and characters i mean i was there all along 
Well, I I did not rest my eyes during this film, and uh, as you know, I don't. The names of characters leave me as soon as the movie is over, and I never think of them again. Uh, I think Oliver Granger asked me a question about Tanner eighty eight yesterday, and I was like, I was like, you're asking the wrong fucking guy, dude. <laughs> yeah, I was like, you, you should ask someone that... who does a Criterion podcast. That's not me. Well, well, you you've known the episode. It's like it's gone. It's out of my mind forever, hmm. pretty much. Um, but yeah, I, I'm with you on that. Where um, this is a good uh, rest your eyes kind of film. Look at the ceiling <laughs> for a little bit. Uh, yeah. The ending is great, and I think that's why that's probably the justification of why it's here. Is it's like the ending. It's like you didn't see that coming, and you're like, all right. But the whole build up to it, it is very. Um, Jared, I'm gonna use a Jared word. It. I'm gonna say pedestrian. It's very pedestrian, this film. You say that all the time. Do Jared's always saying that. Hmm. Yeah, you do. Just all the time. No, uh, it's just very... Uh, it's it's. I would describe it as like a Sarah Plain and Tall thing where it's just like nothing really happens, you know? It's just there. There's nothing bad about it, but at the same time, you're like, you wouldn't, you wouldn't give it two bucks because we got this dude. He's got a mustache. He likes a girl. He gets into a little fight. He punches a guy out girl likes him girls connected to the mob uh of some sort uh and then guy tries to get girl they have a knife fight Jarrett. there is a knife fight uh which i in that part too actually i was um uh so you brought up the stabbings but uh i was uh, i was actually a little surprised by that i was like oh they're actually just full-on stabbing people here oh <laughs> what was that movie we just watched the uh, the duelist movie because that movie had a. Uh, Oh, is that the movie you were thinking of? No, no, that's Scaramouche. Yeah. Okay. So this actually, so this reminds me, I don't know if you remember the, um, the Rene Claire movie, uh, like, uh, there was a new La Liberté. That's like that. Oh, it's one of I know. But then there's also under the roofs of Paris. Oh, I remember that one. Well, cause you remember like, there's like a, I mean, it has that. It felt like those movies. It felt like something from yeah, like the early. It, it felt like it felt like the early thirties, uh, rather yeah. than nineteen fifty two, where you could have a little bit more uh, edge, I guess, to your stories. Remember mm-hmm. Le Million? <laughs> oh, I know. But, but, Le I mean, but that that's like a that's a like that's a whatever proto silent musical kind of thing. Like it's so removed from. Yeah. What what this movie could have been, but yeah, it just like felt very uh yeah. There. Yep. Well, yeah, and so yeah, you have a night fight, and that's pretty cool. Uh, and then there's this build up of a uh, hunting men down, which is also, it sounds better than it is. Mm-hmm. So this guy goes on his vendetta to take out men, and it's like that sounds cool, but uh, but all you really see is just this dude with a mustache out in the out in the country drinking a cup of coffee, and you're like. <laughs> All right. All right. And then you're like the mob boss guy. She's like, it was my elaborate plan to seduce this woman myself. And then you're just like, all right. Is that Zap Brannigan? Might've been, I'm not going to repeat it. Uh, but yeah, like the, the first like bit of this, you're kind of just like, okay, I got it. I'm good. (laughs) The end is good. The ending is really good, but the ending it, is very good. It's because because uh, yeah, well, I think uh, was it Truffaut? Some film critic types they kind of mentioned just like how well done the end of this is. 
Yeah, yeah, there it is. Truffaut yeah. praised this scene, writing, If you're at all interested in how stories are constructed, you cannot fail to admire the ingenuity of the plot, particularly the strong, oblique, unexpected way it gets abruptly to Amanda's execution in a scene that is so beautiful as it is mysterious, as the cast door arrives in the middle of the night at a disreputable hotel. When I or any of my fellow uh, scenerists are in trouble, we often say to each other, How about a cask door solution? I, I mean, I think we should end this epi- end some of our episodes in the cask door situation. <laughs> oh, that's... Or the podcast in general. Mayhap. So one, one thing I'm noticing, uh, looking at this list of movies we've watched in the last hundred or so, these movies, posters with, like, women with, like, puffy dresses at the top, the roughly yeah. dresses, like, Alina and her men, <laughs> cask door, golden coach. Eh, it's not roughly at the top. Maybe that's a bad sign. Maybe that's a uh, that's got go away uh, heat for me now. Well, there's a few like that, and like I mean, I'm honestly what I said. I when I watched it, I, I was like, yeah, I was like, this is good. The ending's great. The first uh, first bit, I was kind of like, whatever. But uh, in comparison to the the second one, they kind of lowered my uh, opinion of this one. Uh, and then the last thing is the, for you and me, this character named by Manda, it really kind of. Uh, reminded me of Mando, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And not to sound like a total chud, but a, a uh, Chudinsky. Yeah, but it uh, it was in my mind at the time. But no, I I don't. I think Cask Doors, it's I for sure. I think the ending's great. I think the first little bit is whatever. But uh, com- when you watch it as a double header, you definitely the second one, which is like you said, not the norm. The second one leaves. Way more of an impact on you, I think, than this mm. one does. It did for me, at least. Yeah. Um, well, I guess we could just go ahead and talk about the second movie. Touche pas au Grisby. That's Touché. right, RJ. Touche pas. Touche pas. Touche pas. Célèbre roman d'Albert Simonin, Touchez pas au Grisby, a conservé toute sa vérité, sa puissance et son pittoresque. Alors dis-moi plutôt comment tu m'en donnes. 35 millions. Tu dis, l'envoie un peu loin le bouchon, toi. 35 briques, il y en a pour 50. Bien sûr, au cours, avec certificat d'origine. Mais je vais être obligé de les faire vendre, d'en faire des petits, de leur trouver des matricules bidons. Moi, tout de même, il est temps que je te montre quelque chose. Ah ben, qu'est-ce que vous allez me faire Tu vas le savoir, ma petite fille, allez, marche Max, on va t'expliquer de quoi il s'agit. Il nous fallait la vie d'un homme de poids pour un... un petit arbitrage entre nous. Je ne serai pas longtemps parti, ton homme, va. Je donne ma parole. Tu sais, Max, à mon âge, on refait plus sa vie, hein oh. Écoute-moi bien, Fifi. Maintenant, on va s'occuper de toi sérieusement. Alors, Monsieur Ramon.
pensais beaucoup trop sur certains mecs et puis pas assez sur Non, Max mec, toi Un grand journaliste a dit de lui, il faudra avoir vu Jean Gabin dans le rôle de Max, comme il faut avoir vu Charlot dans La Ruée vers l'or, ou Fernandel dans Angèle. Tiens, gaffe, gaffe. Regarde les valoches que t'entes sous les yeux, regarde les miennes. Et ça, et ça, tu crois que c'est beau, hein Alors, mon pote, crois-moi, faut raccrocher, voyons. T'exagères, Max. Non, j'exagère pas, non. J'ai du chou, moi. T'as pas répondu. Tu viens nous applaudir Tu lui raconteras si ça nous plaît. J'ai été retardé par la billeuse. Il a fallu raccourcir mon bavoir. On voyait pas suffisamment mes seins. Bonsoir, madame Bush. Tu l'as entendu, hein Alors, si tu veux qu'il reste en bonne santé, faut faire vite. C'est dans la nature Comment je vais rentrer, moi Mais t'es calé aux champignons avec une lanterne à escargot, papa. What does uh, touche pas Grisby stand for, RJ? What does it translate to in uh, uh, the Queen's English? If I remember my grade six French chair, I, I believe it is honor amongst thieves. Oh, really? Because I don't think that's actually what it translates to, but that is the British title. Is that, that what does it translate to then? Uh, I think it's like hands off the loot or something like that. Oh. <laughs> I believe it's one of the many like weird. Yeah, don't touch the loot. Hands off the mm. loot. Uh, Honor among thieves is the British title. I think in a, at one point, maybe in America or somewhere, it was called Gri- it was called Grisby. Grisby, which I thought was the name, but it's Max. Like, I'm like, is this about a guy named Grisby? It's like, no, it's about a guy named Max. But yeah, um, oh. but yeah, it's hands off the loot. I like uh, I like Touche Pa more. And this is 1954. Even in English, they should have just called it Touche Pa. The tagline for this uh-huh. film, RJ, it bristles with violence. Did it? <laughs> it's got a man getting blown up by a grenade. Sometimes that's all you need. Yeah, that is good stuff. I do like that. Gentleman gangster Max and his partner Riton pull off their last, most successful heist and find themselves comfortable enough to retire in, in the style they enjoy. However, Max confides the details of the theft to his younger mistress, Josie, who has secretly taken up with ambitious young rival gangster Angelo. Angelo then has Raton kidnapped and demands the stash of gold as ransom, which threatens Max's dreams of the perfect retirement. Damn. So, RJ, it's a story as old as time. Is it? One last heist. Oh, I see. Then a guy talks to his girl... And the girl 
she's she likes the younger guy tells him about it and then they kidnap your best friend and now you got to do the right thing and you have to fuck some people up what is the right thing in your mind <laughs> kill them in a ram machine gun fire oh i see <laughs> yeah you know yeah that's not a bad idea not too bad not too bad so i this is this so this one is uh not available on the criterion channel which is like of course it's bad not. uh kino lorber put this out i believe on blu-ray mm-hmm. so we, we tracked it down for you the fans and uh i went into this movie not knowing anything about it except that i had mm-hmm. actually at one point put it on a film noir watch list uh a couple years ago knowing nothing about it but what kind of had slowed my role on wanting to watch this was that as actually its leading man, old uh, Jean Gabin. <laughs> uh, because of uh, Grand Illusion fame or what? Grand Illusion fame, Port of Shadows fame, La Bête Humaine fame, Pepe Lamoco fame, French Can Can fame, Lower Depths fame. What's the alternative title to Pepe Lamoco? <laughs> uh, I can't recall. Oh, okay, someone someone listening can probably find that for us. So yeah. Jean Gabin, is, I don't know. He's a movie star. I recognize this guy, but I, I've I've never felt it. I've never been wowed by this guy. Even um, man, is there anything that like I'm in total love with with this? He's kind of like French Kenneth Branagh, Jarrett. That's what someone keeps saying. Yeah, if you don't see it, look again. Mm-hmm. So wait, you're saying is there anything that you uh, maybe Touche Pas? It will be your new uh, your go-to well, for the Jean Gabin fans. N- not to get too far. I mean, I did like Port of Shadows, but I I, I yeah, didn't. Yeah, Port of Shadows is pretty good. Yeah, that one's pretty. That's actually one of the I think one of the better of, of his. It is definitely his other best offering. But man, t- uh, t- Touche Pas, it really it really got me, RJ. It got me going because this movie just like. It opens up so effortlessly, and it's just like these two buddies out on the town with their girls just doing stuff in Paris. Oh, yeah. Or like in a borough of Paris or whatever that is. And mm-hmm. it's it's really good. It's, like, really engaging. And mm-hmm. I was like, huh. Like, I don't know what it is. Like, this seems, like, contemporary. This feels like exactly how uh, a gangster movie would be done today. And I feel like for what 1954 this feels really ahead of its time mm-hmm. it doesn't have like the trappings the dialogue is very naturalistic and yeah. there's no it doesn't feel like you're watching um stereotypes it feels like these guys mm-hmm. who uh maybe they've left behind that life and jean gabin is like the aged max as the old kind of like he is so, he is so good i think um, he feels like he's really relaxed with himself and he's a guy who just wants to go back home, go to bed. He, he doesn't, he doesn't need to, to wait around with the show girl, uh, until she's done her show at two in the morning and can keep the party going. He's like, ah, no, nah, I'm good. I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll see you later. <laughs> don't worry. I, I don't need I think... to sleep at your place. I'm, I'm, I just want to get cozy. I want to, I want some cookies, maybe have some tea. Yep. Just go right to bed. Mm-hmm. Tuck in early. I think my favorite scene of showing his old man is where he uh, he uh, lights a dart 
he pops open a beer, puts a record on, sits down in his chair, and it's it's so fast. It's like a it's not even a five second scene, but he sits down and you just see on his face he's just tired and he just and he's just he's you can tell he's like I just want to sit in this chair for a while, but then the phone rings and he's like. He peels himself out of the chair, but I I really like that scene because it's like, you know, you've been there, Jared. You sit down to do something, and then your phone rings, and you're just like, Ugh. it's the worst. Yeah, because it's you're well, like, I don't want this. And in 1954, you don't have caller ID. You, you have to you have to answer the phone. Some people don't have it now, or else. Scary, sad, terrifying, sad. Yeah, what were we talking about? Touche pas au grisby. Oh, touche pas au grisby. Yeah, so anyways, yeah, he's old and I like it. Yeah. Like you said. He he embodies the character. Yep. Yeah, how do you like that? Uh, that's a big word. It's not the one I would use. No, pedestrian? Uh, pedestrian's probably uh, uh, what I would use. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, you don't know. that if It feels very directionless at the beginning. It's just these characters kind of bouncing around uh, in an evening having uh, at a cafe that's closing down for the night and they like kind of close the shutters so more people can't come in but a young a young man comes bustling in that uh max has become particularly fond of and sees him as the future and there's kind of these like little illusions um little like oh yeah we we had we had we had like a big uh we had a big hit on that didn't we so basically there was a heist and yeah. kind of like in the previous movie, the past isn't directly referenced, but it is because they're talking like everything is because of the amount of money they have. And you get a description of like, oh, yeah, we got away with it and we have the money and I keep it in this car in the garage uh, until until uh, our, our, our gold ingots, ingots, um, Ugnuts. 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 Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do they, do they, <laughs> what do they fix? Whatever you need, buddy. Okay. Whatever you need. So, uh, yeah. So Max Breton, they're going to uh, take it easy. Yeah, you, you don't want to play your hand too soon. You just want to, mm-hmm. you just want to be cool. Just be cool. But so eventually, they, they go in, they go on a little car ride. They catch a cab. Uh, they're like, he's uh, Max is all ready to go home, but he's kind of convinced to keep this keep this party going. Mm-hmm. And um, they show up. There's a lot of like oogling. Of ladies in this, RJ. Lots of what, like, what else is there? Wow, I mean, well, I'm speaking at this point in the film, just like a lot of like just checking out, looking at you know gams, looking at breasts, checking out yes. yeah butt pinching by uh, stage hands. Then there's just full on like breast handling. There's uh, a few scenes un- of breast handling unwanted. But it's like in a teasy, oh, stop. Don't come up behind me and just grab my breast when I'm taking you to see the the, the boss. Come on. Hey, you need a hand carrying all that? Mm-hmm. S- says the subtitle. Yeah. And then there's there's also, as you said, the butt pinching, whereas that that uh, sound guy keeps grabbing my ass, keeps mm-hmm. pinching my butt. And it's like, he's grabbing your butt? I thought he was grabbing my butt. And then everyone laughs. <laughs> They go, oh dear. Oh dear. All right. Sexual harassment. <laughs> uh, the fifties. Yeah, yeah. It was yeah. it was wild stuff, buddy. No. So uh, there's a so this is like when the the success of the heist gets discussed with Fats, I mm-hmm. believe is uh the name of the 
the boss who runs the nightclub, Perot. Uh, Perot, yeah, yeah, Fats. Yeah, I like Perot. Yeah, and you know they're having a chat about the future, about when when to you know make money available, how to pace things, and uh, stay under the radar. That kind of conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, and then of course Max goes backstage because he's they got to bring the girls back because they're um, they're dancers, performers at this club. And while back there, he sees that one of the girls, R- Raton's girl, she's just making out with this Angelo guy, and he's kind of like this this other this other chap, and he's just like, oh well, and she's like, oh no, you have to you have to break things up with me and Raton, you have to go do it. And he's like, I'm not doing that. No, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm that, none of my business. I didn't see anything, but he's done with her too, mm-hmm. and so he takes off, and he's like, I've had enough of this for one night. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna get some sleep. <laughs> well, he he's just he was already going home. He's like, I'll just go say bye to the girls. No. I'll make my way home. And then he's like, ah. but then what what happens on the ride home, RJ? Well, Jared, there's something that interesting happens on the ride home, which actually, and here's another thing that I really like about this film. And I'm saying film, Jared. One thing I really like is I like the car scenes. They get the lighting and the shadows. Oh yeah, which I think is really good. It, there's like a, a nice attention to the detail there. And then one other thing I liked a lot because it's, it's like that screen that moves behind. Right. But when it shows like the front view of the car and they have the rear view mirror, they like imposed in a little square, the back back view of what's going on there too. But it's all like, it's all projected. Right. And yeah. I liked it. I was like, damn, it's good attention to detail. Maybe you should watch more, uh, Film noir, RJ, you'll get lots no. of that. Lots of rear projection. No, de- I don't want to do that. details and lighting. No, I don't want to do that. But uh, he's getting tailed. My yep. Man. Yeah, he's being, they're be, him and his cab, they're being uh, tailed by an ambulance. Yeah, and it's like, an ambulance? Strange. That's right. So he knows he's being tailed. He gets dropped off, makes sure he pays that cab driver, tells him to get the hell out of here. He goes into his uh, his place, gets up the stairs, and then he sees that ambulance pull up, and he keeps he goes and gets his gun, and he gets the drop on these two people wearing uh like lab coats. <laughs> um, uh, they're they're trying to be ambulance am- drivers, ambulance people, and ambulance. he's like, oh, <laughs> it's like hello, uh, with and a gun in their face. Max, we're not here for you. Yeah. <laughs> We're not here for you. He goes, who are you here for? Fucking marry the housemaid? He's like, get the hell out of here. Yeah. And then he takes off. Yeah. And I like his move, though. He kind of mm-hmm. locks him in the elevator a little bit. Yep. Right? And then he absconds, hops out a window. Or no, sorry. Uh, he's not out the window. He goes down the back stairs. He, he fires off some shots, and then he goes out the back stairs. Yeah. Yes, because the just so that someone in the building would call the police. Yeah, is the idea, and uh, so now he's like, "Oh boy, here we go. Better go, better go find uh, Raton. Let him know what's going on. I think there's some some happenings afoot. Something's afoot for sure. Mm-hmm. Something. So uh, they, well, so Max makes a phone call, mm-hmm. and uh, warns Raton. About like, hey, these guys in an ambulance just showed up, and Raton is uh, already kind of in a room with two other galoots. Like these men are just like massive Enormous. chest, huge shoulders. 
in these suits. He's like, oh, sorry, I can't come with you. Something with the family came up. And they're kind of looking at each other like, oh, but we have to. Like, I'm like, why don't you just grab him and like make him come with you? But this is like a more polite civilization. Um, and yeah. They're like, well, I guess we'll get you next time. Well, he does have a gun, though. And he like he makes it very clear. He shows them. Yeah. Here's my gun. Mm-hmm. All right. I got to go. Yeah. But I mean, look, look at the size of these men. That they could probably those bullets would bounce off of those muscles. It's that's goons. how that. I think that's how it works with goons, hired goons. goons, hired goons, hired goons. Did, Marge, did you order any hired goons? Oh, there yes. you go. Yes. So we're on the same page. Um, Max fetches Ratom. They go to yep. Max's secret apartment. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, you, this is where the the, the bond and the friendship of uh, Max and Raton really starts to come through. Up to this point, you're just like, these are just guys that kind of know each other. Like some real Cassavetes guys. Oh, yes. Things can turn yeah. on a dime. They're not, not not like real, like, you know, honor amongst thieves, RJ. Honor amongst Oh, of which we're told that there is none, typically. There, but is there? Except for these two. Except for these two. And in uh, this apartment, you get my uh, two favorite scenes in this film. Yeah, uh, I wrote just two dudes eating pate. Yep, which I liked a lot. That's li- that's living the good life. Living the good life. They're just two dudes eating pate, and I was like, I like it. And then my next note, just two dudes brushing their teeth. <laughs> and you know what? We need more movies of scenes of dudes brushing their teeth. Well, where else because... are where all else are people going to learn how to brush their teeth if not the movies? It's just it's those fine details, Jared, where it's just like, mm-hmm. you know what? Men do need to brush their teeth too. It's yeah. not all about the the bang bang gangster stuff, Jared. You got you gotta have proper uh dental hygiene as well. Bang bang. So um bang, bang. So Max takes off the next morning and uh he's gonna fence the gold. It's cause he yeah, finds yeah. out from Raton, Raton told the girl Josie about it and it's like, Why are you why are you talking to these skirts? Why are you telling them this stuff? They're just going to run, and then they'll look what happened. So, um, he's going to he, he's, he's get fleeced by – because fences fleece. They always, and I think it says uncle as well. Uh, it's alluded to, I think. Yeah. And so it's like, oh, this yeah. guy's, guy's going to rip off his own family. I mean, whatever happened to Honor Amongst Thieves? Well, Jared, have you – do you know what uh, Touche Pas stands for? <laughs> Uh, don't you, touch the loot. Don't touch the loot. Don't touch the loot. If you ever went against me, Jarrett, I would, uh, I'd have you down in uh, five minutes flat. Not like physically, but I mean, I would have so much stuff stacked against you that you would be, you'd be in prison forever. Mm-hmm. Um, so Max fa- makes, Max makes a phone call. Mm-hmm. Um, and, be- and then, uh, to, I think it's to Josie. And she yep. she mentions that oh Raton was just here and now he's being taken away in an ambulance. He's like, oh yeah, that dude's here, but some my, reason my, an my, my, my boyfriend, my boyfriend, my 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 sugar daddy showed up, and now now the ambulance drivers from these guys that look vaguely familiar, they're taking him away. You're like, oh weird, yeah, that's weird. I right. don't know what that's about. No. So, excuse me. So, uh, so Max, he's got a man. Now he's got to like 
save him. <laughs> so, so he's got to get a, a little posse together. Uh, he gets the gang together for sure. Yeah, well, he gets Marco. Gets he gets the young. He gets the young guy. The young from buck. From, from the night before. Because yeah, this movie takes place over like what, like two days, two three days. days. Yeah, real quick stuff. Uh, yeah. They go to Josie. They pay her a visit, and mm-hmm. because this is a Jacques Becker movie, what happens, RJ? Uh, with Josie? Yeah. The you you're talking about the cook lady, right? I'm or talking the, the, the the dancer girl. Oh. Jared, some serious stuff happens. I don't know if I want to say for the listeners. She gets slapped. Jared, I don't know if you watch these movies, but every five minutes, one character, some character is getting slapped. Someone's getting, someone's being like threatened. Someone's being smartened up. Someone's being corrected. I did like how he pulled like the, uh, the housekeeper in. (laughs) He's like, you're going to be here too. You're going to watch this. And he's slapping that guy too. He's like, I know you saw some shit. Uh, yeah, every five minutes, someone's either getting slapped or a tit is getting grabbed. So, uh, mm-hmm. French. What are you going to do? The French. So, um, they head over to uh, Perot, Fats's, uh, mm-hmm. interrogate the other girl, <laughs> uh, Fifi. Uh, yep. Yep. Guess what happens, RJ? Slaps. Is there any slaps involved? Oh. Uh, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. Um, right. And then eventually, yeah. So Angelo makes a phone call, proposes, hey, you, we got Raton. You got some gold. We don't, Raton's not worth anything to us. So now the mm-hmm. the three of them, the, the boys, Max, Marco, and Perot, they arm, they, they, yeah, they get armed up. They get that gold and they head out uh, and they are going to make an exchange. Ooh, what kind of exchange? Gold uh, for the man? The, or? Gold, gold for the man. Gold for the man. And, uh, I mean, in the back of their mind, they kind of know, I don't know if this is going to go down the way that we want it to. Um, and, like, guns are held on one another. Uh, people are – the exchange happens. Everything's everything's tippy-top. But uh, then I believe Raton mentions it's like, there's two cars. Uh-huh. And then, and then a second car does start coming up that road. After everything seemed like it was good and in the clear. And uh, there's some grenading and gunfire and hiding stick in ditches, grenades, stick grenades. And uh, poor Marco, he gets got. The young man, his life is snatched away from him. Very sad. The The car comes back for a second pass. And they in get uh, to, to make sure they finish the job. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I see what you mean. Yeah, and then they, but then uh, they've got their guns. They take them out, and then the pursuit happens. And it's just like, whoa, where did all this come from? And this like preceding half of the, like the whole chunk of this movie is just like this slow broil, uh, not a char broil, RJ, but it's just <sighs> br- br- slow boil. Um, and okay. and then suddenly it's all, it's all action and like grim and gritty, and people just getting shot up, mowed down gunfire runoff roads very explosive stuff do uh do any of our protagonists uh get uh taken out in the process well marcos got got gets grenaded argo gets grenaded and then uh what about uh breton breton well he gets hit by a bullet mm-hmm. um he seems fine at the time 
but they they do uh they do yeah. they do uh throw I guess I said earlier they grenade a man. Well, and it's pretty cool. Yeah, it's like, like a lot of dirt comes flying up from behind the car. They don't cut away. It's not like it's not like some like Mandalorian show that's always cutting away from the the good stuff. They uh Interesting. you know, they full on just they just like, "Oh, yeah, there 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 goes that guy." <laughs> um but yeah, they've uh they lose the money cuz it was in the car that's on fire and um they they take off because there's a another vehicle approaching. Mm-hmm. They try to patch up Raton, kind of like a I guess like a crime doctor you know crime doctors uh yeah well he's probably a vet right because mm-hmm. it's always a vet it's never a real doctor it's like it's like i only work on cows but i'll try to patch them up the best i can no yeah. so i at this point they're like well you know you win some you lose some you you uh you you hang in there Raton. max goes off for some lunch back at the uh that nice cafe from earlier mm-hmm. and um they start making plots, plans about how to get that money still. Yeah, and then, uh, I mean, he gets some bad news. But mm-hmm. he's just like, you know what? I got a safe face. No one can know. I got to stick it out. Puts a, puts a dime in the jukebox, Jarrett, and uh, he rides it out. Which I didn't mention, the jukebox is a big scene, uh, mm-hmm. or a big character. And in uh start of the movie, we got that Ava Marie playing. And you go, God damn. It's a serious film. Very serious. Serious film. So yeah, uh this movie was a quite a surprise. Yeah, it's good. That's like it's a good one, RJ. It feels like the, they've been far and few between of late. Uh yeah, there's been some stinkers. It's like season five of DS9. There's been uh, a lot of pants, <laughs> as Jarrett would say. Pants. Pants. Uh this isn't hands the film, but uh, you know. Uh yeah, it's good. It's good, and uh, it's needed in the uh, current uh, bender that we've been on. Then that's been the last two years. That'll never longer than that. Yeah, the last four years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, probably. Um, but yeah, this was good. I and uh, it's like you said, I it was unexpected for me, and I was like, yeah, I was like, I like this, and then it kind of uh, wiped my uh, my opinion on Cask Door because mm-hmm. I was just like. I was like, well, I don't know, man. If I'm going to watch any uh, Becker, it's either going to be Ted Danson Becker or it's going to be Touche Pas. You know what I mean? I hear you. You remember that TV show Becker? I, uh, no, wait, was that uh, – what's his face from the TV Shining? Was that who Becker was? What was Who was Becker? What, what, about, was Becker what, what, about? About, what about Pecker? What is Pecker about? Uh, photographer. Not Pecker. Oh, no, I was right. Ted Danson is Becker. Yeah. I know. Oh, okay. Well, for a second, I thought it was that. Is Pecker the dude from? Uh... No. Pe- Pecker's Edward Furlong. Oh, not uh, Uncle Peckerhead. That's a different film, right? Uh, yeah, I think so too. Yeah, wait, who is in the TV show Sh- The Shining? Steven Weber. That's who I thought mm. it was for a second. Uh, yes. From Wings. Is that what Steven Weber was in? Yep. Okay. With Timothy Dalton. Not Timothy Dalton. Tim Daly. Tony Shalhoub? Who's Superman. Tim Daly's a lot of men. Superman was one of them. Yep. So you like Touche Pas Grisby, huh? Yeah, it's good. I thought it was a good show. 
Good. You want to you want to hear from some people who hate these two movies? Just the two of them? All right. Yeah, all of them. There's always a little bit of displeasure. Sure. This one has less uh, super hatreds, but so first up, we got Cast Door, a two star review from Owl Bunny Bunny Owl Owl Bunny. Uh, the emojis. Yeah, I see. Interesting. Uh, patriarchal, rude, and offensive. Um, owl bunny, bunny, owl, owl, bunny. Uh, their bio is she's like she's she's like scissors, not very sharp in kindergarten. And their five star films include The Matrix and a bunch of shit I've never heard of. Hmm. So how's that for you, Jarrett? Pretty good. Have you heard of Blind Woman's Curse from 1970? Yes. Have you I, heard? I, of, I, I own it. Have you heard of Meshes of the Afternoon from 1943? Yes, I have, RJ. Have you heard of Spore from 2017? Mm, no. Jarrett, have you heard of Vagabond? Yes. Well, it's is it a five star film? It's pretty good. What about Foxcatcher? Is that a five-star film? No. Okay. Uh, uh, Mr. Five stars for bad prosthetics. Yeah, allegedly. What about Mr. Turner, the art film? I have not seen that. Oh, so you can't say if it's five stars or not? I've heard it's good. What about My Dinner with Andre? Is that a five-star film? No. No? Not, not even the uh, arcade version. Oh, I like that one. Martin Martin was down with it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's interesting. Interesting. Their half-star films are just stuff. Oh, they give Midsommar one star. That's cool. Uh, Eric Badgert. <laughs> Not a real name, but okay. Badgert. Badgert. I don't know. Two stars. Yeah. It looks great. Becker's camera moves in interesting ways. <laughs> and the final is that- shot is gorgeous. Too bad the main character has the personality of a wet napkin. Sad. <laughs> Sad. Um, hey, guess what? Five stars. Call me by your name. Mm-hmm. They also gave uh, your favorite film, uh, Manchester by the Sea, five stars. Mm-hmm. There, there's some good criterions in here, like Passion of Joan of Arc. Uh, Brief Encounter, five stars. I mean, Brief Encounter is pretty good. Pretty good. Some weird trick or treat five stars. No, thank you. They love uh, loves of a blonde is in their favorite films, which is a little bit weird. But they also give half a star to um, Man of Steel and then half a star to The Gift, the Joel Edgerton film. And I don't think uh, The Gift is a half star film, Jared. I'm going to say it right now. I remember. I think that's at least a three and a half, four star film. At least. As for Grisby, we, oh, yeah. we've got uh, Shitaki Harry, which is very close to being Shit Take Harry. You know what? Let's just say that that's it. <laughs> All right. So Shit Take Harry. Fourth movie in the Trilon 10th anniversary. Okay. This okay. is an incredibly boring and hateful movie that doesn't really have anything going for it. <laughs> what? I mean, I don't think so. Boring but... and hateful. 
all these people I'm noticing now, they're they're all just they all five star Miyazaki films and Seven Samurai and then Wan Kar Wai films, which is like those are all good movies, you know. No. But it's it's just the trend, you know. No. First of all, gave Portrait of the Lady on five or five stars. Frank Solano, where you at, buddy? Where you at? Um, and finally, let's go with Blake. Okay. Two stars. This reminded me of the Melville. Sorry. This reminded me of Melville's Bob Le Flambe, which I was going to ask you actually, which you preferred. Between this and Bob Le Flambe? Yeah. Uh, probably this one. Okay. Bob Le Flambe is good, but uh, I did like this one. It was good. Well, good Blake it says this reminded him of Melville's Bob Le Flambe, but awful. <laughs> Similar to Bob Le Flambe, until the final third of the film, there is very little story intention besides making the antihero seem like a badass. Unlike Bob Le Flambe, the lead-up to this final act entirely fails to be entertaining and develop lovable characters. This movie is an hour and a half of Jean Gabin slapping people, hell yeah, and treating women like filth. Well, I mean, that's just him being shitty, but this is a shitty world. I don't, like, it doesn't glamorize it like Bob. Yeah. He's so stylish, and it's also involving young men being killed. Spoilers. After watching Becker's Le Troll, this was a huge disappointment. Uh, I mean, I don't think that's entirely fair, but this person, it's just Criterion stuff. Five stars, Rebecca, uh, Peeping Tom. I don't think that's a five-star film. Diary of a Country Priest, I also don't think is a five-star film. Sullivan's Travels, not five stars. Mon Uncle, not five stars. I like all those movies, but not five stars, my man. My Cirque Rouge, five stars. So it's just, is it a Criterion film? I'm going to give it five stars. They only have one one-star movie, or two stars, and it's this one. Really? But they did give Savo two and a half stars. Ooh, it's got the edge. So it's got the edge. Their favorite films include Grand Illusion, The Ascent Canal, which was actually on other people's uh, favorites as well, from 1957 Canal, and uh, The Fireman's Ball. Which is like nobody's favorite film. Pretty sure it'll be. I think if it's the Canal, I'm thinking of. We'll be watching that pretty soon. Canal uh, from Andre Wojda. Wajda. Yep. Wajda. Yep. Yeah. In a little while, we'll be watching those. Yeah, a lot of people. Uh, a lot of the people who didn't like these movies uh, were on board with that. So okay, whatever that means. That could be uh, something. So, um, any final thoughts on Becker? Uh, I mean, I like Ted Danson in certain things, but I don't like Ted Danson in other things. Does that make sense? No. He's okay in some. He's okay in certain things, but what, other things, he's. What do you think about men named Jacques that make movies? I know uh, Jacques Cousteau. Yeah, he makes fish films. Yeah, that's pretty cool, right? No, like, uh, like Troy Mickler. Yes. Uh, second movie good. First movie, okay. That's it. That's it. That's my whole movie. <sighs> yep, that's it. Break them open. Crack them out. Great take, RJ. I, hey, that's what people are here for. They don't want overanalyzation of these things. Is it good or no? Yes, no. That's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sometimes, no. sometimes it's not even that clear. 
Uh, what if I just said this? <laughs> well, it's made sounds. After the break, mm-hmm. how would you like to die this week, RJ? This week, from a slap or a tit grab. Well, you can't die from either of those, so you got to get grenaded. Um, yeah. Just kind of a shot to the chest. Or, or guillotined. Guillotined, yeah. Grenaded. Cool. RJ, have you ever been slapped? Yes. How did it make you feel? Not great. Yeah. But it happened. It happened. It can't unhappen. Yeah. Was it like one of those like real hard slaps that give you a concussion afterwards? I've been slapped pretty hard before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Got some worked. real piece of shit dudes, let me tell you. Wow. Did, yeah. you, did you give it back as hard as they gave? Uh, I think they're, some of them ran away. Some of them were just pieces of shit and then uh, they just went on in their business like nothing happened you can email us at criteriancruise <laughs> at gmail.com yeah. and uh, I don't know tell us about getting slapped in the face by pieces sure. of shit we've got a Facebook yeah. page we're on Instagram we're on Letterboxd I'm Jared Duncan he's Barnloaf unfortunately there's no like television box where we can log our uh Reviews, like maybe there is. I've never thought of it. I mean, it exists, it's what we're doing right now. Uh, it's in pod form, but I want yeah. um, a box de form from de- software developers in New Zealand. Oh, I see. We got a Patreon, folks. We've got YouTube, we're on mm-hmm. SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, Google Play, Tumblr. Next week, RJ, yeah, Spine 272. How do you feel about Bernardo Bertolucci? One of my favorite directors. I've said many times it's my all-time fave. Yeah, what's your favorite Bertolucci? Uh, you ever seen Becker? I I haven't yet. I, yeah, that's I, why I, I, I didn't realize that he's so versatile. Well, you the you bir- the bir- the birch. I mean, I think you need to work a little bit harder at this thing that we mm-hmm. do here. Well, yeah. next week, Roger. Right yeah. Next week we're watching La Comer Seca from 1962. Is that good? I haven't seen it, so we're gonna find that out. And uh, next week it's gonna be something. Did, I think that's all that needs to be said. That's all that needs to be said. It's gonna be it's gonna be earth shattering. It's actually it's gonna be universe shattering because you, you, you didn't know what was gonna happen. And uh, it, it breaks all the rules. I know at least one person will be upset by it. 
Maybe even, and maybe even two. There's probably going to be one or two people that are, I know one for sure will be upset by, it, and they're going to say, why? But why? Why? And uh, we don't have to justify anything. <sighs> yeah, it all changes. Yep. It all changes mm-hmm. in one week. <sighs> and then on that bombshell, mm-hmm. good night. Woo. Don't get slapped. Don't tell us what to do.